Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Hello there, everybody. It's me, Gary Kidney, the co-host of You've Got to Be Kidding Me on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. And I am Liam Jones, my full name, and I am also a part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network as a co-host for You've Got to Be Kidding Me. We are a TNA history podcast that covers TNA one month at a time. We cover all the drama, all the matches, all the Vince Russo nonsense you could ever want in your life. Have you you heard of TNA? I bet you have. But would it be funnier if two people made jokes over it the whole time? Probably so if that sounds like fun to you, check it out on this very Voices of Wrestling podcasting network, and Liam will do bits and whatnot. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super J-Cost. I'm Joel, joined by Daniel McDonald. It is Tuesday 16th of January 2024. This is episode 282. Damon, how are you? We're great. <laughs> Wonderful. It's a very um, wintry day. Finally, finally see some winter. Uh, we've gone through many a winter season without... Uh, not even a snowflake, not even a... One little crystallized piece of water falling, uh, but eh, get hit with a couple, a little bit, a little bit. So it's a little uh, icy and cold and wintry, and here we are. It's January sixteenth. What the fuck else did you expect in uh, the Philadelphia region? Uh, how are you? How are you, big man? With the uh, with the master plan? <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Yes, I'm good. A uh, bit car trouble this morning, but I, I would say I've reintegrated into British society really well, except the one thing I'm totally out of my depth with is winter car problems. Mm-hmm. So the slightest thing goes wrong, I don't fucking know what to do. I don't know anything about cars. I know how to drive them, but that's it. So as I was saying, off the air this morning, got in the car, couldn't move the uh, gear stick to the left or the right, so I could only access second gear and fourth gear. And I thought, can I... Make it to work using the second gear and fourth gear. <laughs> probably not. Probably not a good idea. So oh, uh, I God. took Mally's car instead. Uh, luckily, we managed to get it sorted out. I think it was just sort of frozen in place. But I've just been doing stuff like trying to fill up the windscreen washer fluid. And I just, I'm terrified I'm going to fuck everything up. Really? Um, I can do yeah, that. Yeah. Do you, yeah, I mean, I was going to say, do you change your own oil? But you don't do that. Um, because I don't. Uh, I've not done that. Though. No, I don't know how to fucking do that. I don't. I don't. Listen, I'm right with you. I don't know shit about cars. It's why you lease. 
Because I don't know. I, I don't. If anything goes wrong, fucking right on in the shop. And I don't care. I don't. I like. I don't. Like. I, truth be told, I know people are going to be like, "Well, you could save money if you bought it." And blah, blah. Like, I like. No, I, don't, I won't. Because there's a. There's nothing better than every three years I get a fresh, new, the fantastic new car smell. The whole nine yards. No one's been in it. Fantastic. It's a great, great feeling. Now, they still abuse you <laughs> getting it. They still, still like the worst process on God's green earth. But the, there is a pot at the end of a of 12 hour day of what it feels like looking for a car. But I don't know how to fix anything. I cannot fix anything on a car. I don't care. Who, you, you could get Mr. Joe Mechanic. And I could be shown a thousand times. Yep. I'd be the guy to fuck it up, put the wrong nozzle on the wrong fucking opening. <laughs> Sounds hot. Uh, I've made that mistake a few times myself, actually. Uh, and uh, I would blow up the car. Yep. That would be me. I would, I, would, uh, I would find some way to do it. And here's the thing, too. Like, uh, aside from... Like, I've never been into cars. Like, I've never been a person who's been like, I'm going to buy a cheap Honda Civic and I'm going to put a spoiler on it. <laughs> Shut up. Fucking. I, ugh. Noisy. Noisy cars. Stupid. I'm going to lower my car. Are you? Dummies. I hate it. I hate that. I'm just frightened of other people when it comes to cars. Like, for example, I was trying to top up the air pressure in my tires. And then as soon as I started doing it, uh, a car pulled up to the space next to it with some scary men who mm. I assume are working class. And working class people, of course, terribly frightening to me. Me and too. Just, and, and <laughs> just sticking head out the window. Oh, oh you're going to be much longer, mate. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm scared. <laughs> I know. Right. Can you stop pressuring me? Stop putting so much pressure on me to, to hurry up and figure this the fuck out? I'm trying to be a man. I'm doing my best. Yes. <laughs> An absolute fraudulent man performance. Yeah. But an attempt all the same. Yeah. Give me give me some fucking credit. Yeah, no. I've never been one of those gearheads. I've, ne- I've never... Uh, never. Uh, I'd rather have a new car. <laughs> I, if I need an oil change, I just go get a new car, Joe. <laughs> I, don't, I don't fuck about. I don't fuck around with that. I got to get a new car. Why? I think it's time to get my oil change. It's been 3,000 miles. What? Yeah. Sign me up. Oh, so what's new in the world of uh, pro wrestling, huh? New Japan well, pro wrestling. Well, it is uh, listeners' last chance to vote in our end-of-year awards mm-hmm. poll. So that link is pinned to the Twitter page. Got some good numbers on it. I'm quite happy with that. So we will. I, I've just been kicking this can down the road. We probably should have done it ages ago, but I, I, it's a difficult time to get it in because I don't want to release the ballot until we've had the last show of the year. But at that point, it's like you know, interview season, Wrestle Kingdom preview season, then Wrestle Kingdom and Dash review season, and now we've got this show to talk about, right. uh, Battle of the Valley. So I'll say next week. Hopefully, it'll be a bit of a slow news week, and then we can do. Our uh, long-awaited awards. Joe, we have all these 
pro wrestlers waiting by their mailbox for the awards. They're, they're, oh, yeah. <laughs> can't wait. I remember one year I had this harebrained idea where, yeah, you know what? They come to Philly. I'm going to give them like a plaque that they're instantly going to throw in the trash. But <laughs> <laughs> let's see if we can get any kind of uh, Twitter engagement from the people that we uh, award to who, who, who do we tag just the winners right we can't tag someone if they're in like the top three can we no 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 even even that sometimes i feel like oh okay because i don't want to be like one of those fucking like like thirsty fucking twitter accounts farming. yeah yeah who, who would do that engagement farming on a podcast oh the guy with the weird name <laughs> whoever that dude with the weird name is who's incredibly thin and tiny <laughs> and he has a terrible mustache. Who's that guy? Um, Chris Charlton. <laughs> no, he knows that. He has a mustache. You need testosterone for that. <laughs> That's terrible. We're going to have to edit that one out. <laughs> uh, no. Who's well, the other one? It's Chris Charlton 2024 Grow Mustache Challenge. I'll tell you what. I, I would do. One. Yeah, I would do anything to see him uh, with a little. A little little scruff, little little uh, little something going on there. I would I would like to see what he could pull off. He looks like a guy that might have some trouble growing some facial hair. I'm just just saying. I think you could do it, Chris. I believe in you. I don't. I don't let's, believe. Let's it. do it. Mustache this year. I don't believe. You, I don't believe you can. <laughs> have you ever seen a picture of him with one with anything? Uh, no, no, no. I'm kind of imagining. As you said that, imagining Chris Johnson with a variety of different facial hair uh-huh. styles, like yeah. long kind of castaway beard or sort of like Renaissance little twirly bits and the little sort of forked pointy bit at the, b- at the bottom, mm. chin strap beard. I don't think you got it. Um, handlebar moustache. <laughs> I'll tell you I'm what. Excited. I'm excited. If, if, <laughs> if Chris Charlton could pull off a handlebar moustache, uh, I will do something. What can I do? Jump off a bridge. <laughs> right, I'll do that. Chris, get growing. <laughs> Please. We, we will enthusiastically attempt to get over the next kayfabe attempt. <laughs> <to, laughs> hey, how about Joe Lanza? Um, I got to mention this right out of the gate. I did listen to uh, last week's flagship. Uh, I got to echo that man's uh, thoughts and feelings about a certain topic. Um, we roll deep, VOW. We roll deep. I look. There's been all, all sorts of shenanigans going on where people have sort of attacked and uh, declared war on various pe- people, part of our crew. Really? Yeah. Um, who's the latest? I, I don't like to get into that. Uh, Sean Seedor, who lovely guy. Everyone loves Sean, and uh, someone went off on him for liking some tweets that were <laughs> disagreeing with something that the other person said it was ridiculous it was just the most preposterous thing uh and uh that all spiraled out of control but i don't i don't like to get into that publicly that we just kind of laugh about it behind people's backs and then get on with it yeah because the worst possible thing you can do in these instances is engage because there's no winning you can't win you never win you just get dragged into the mud and then hours of your life you'll never get back i am it's always something always something like it never ends it's unbelievable. It's there's never. I mean, look, we're we're living proof. Fucking Christmas, what Christmas Eve, Christmas night. You know, we're, we're dragged into it. But no, let me. Uh, I, you know, 
look, I, I, I can't agree more with the idea of these aggregators, um, basically stealing content for their own profit. And it's, 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 it's gotten out of hand. It's, it really has like, I, and I think the idea, uh, that that's your, if that's your business model, <laughs> our business model is going to be stealing content from other people. There's no, oh. there's no, there's no business. There's no business no. there, right? There's no. a, a very select handful of people who can make a living out of this. Everyone else, I'm sorry, side hustle. That's it. Yeah. Right. You, you got to do it out of passion. Don't expect any kind of wrestling media to pay the bills in, in a significant way. No. And here's the thing, too. There's really no such thing as it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just this made-up space that people always think they can monetize. And people think that they can, like, I don't know, somehow become, like, real media. Like, there's no such thing as a real pro wrestling media because we're covering a thing that's, I hate to say it, is not real to begin with. There's, like, two people who are proper pro wrestling media. Yeah, but you know what, though? And even then, it's like, okay, like... I know we're talking about Dave as one of them, and and listen, Dave certainly has a space in in that discussion. Like, like at least he's a legitimate journalist with journalism credentials, right? But again, the whole idea of this being anything a truth, like in any other sport. I, so I, I'm I'm listening to the flagship, and they're describing like. Instances of okay, a locker room opens and you can talk to any player, and and to a certain degree that's true, um, and that usually happens more at practices, um, but like after games, the the media staff will pretty much dictate who you talk to. Now in the NFL, it's a little bit different. Um, you can go, you know, wait in front of somebody's locker room stall, and hopefully they're going to talk, and usually they do. But like in hockey, it's um, it's a little bit different. Like for the home team, there's usually a list of people for away. Away is a little bit easier, but even then, they the the, the media people bring the people out that are going to speak. Um, and, and again, usually it's the people that participate in the game. But like the questions to ask, like I know people are making fun of, and we do too, of the that whatever that press conference was with the fucking pickle or whatever the fuck it was. AEW. Yeah, it's like Richard Joe talked about the, the seals. Oh, oh, it's yeah. Sitting there clapping. And um, Trevor Dame put a fantastic tweet thread about this, which I, I will repost, but it's one that stuck out. He was saying that media should have a somewhat adversarial relationship with what they cover. Yes. They're trying to uncover truths in what you cover. And that should at times rub your subjects the wrong way. You should be honest and unmerciful they're not your friends thank you Th- that uh, who, uh, who, who was that trevor who trevor, trevor, dame. trevor dame any relation to trevor horn of the uh, <laughs> never mind um well good job i i think that's a very intelligent tweet wow we found one we found an intelligent tweet um because yeah i mean that's i mean look more, more by in, in no way do, would I consider what we do any form of, you know, I say that, like, I, I don't think this show is in any way, shape, or form a form of journalism, yet 
the work we, that we do I have, have an adversarial relationship with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> right. No one likes us. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, I know the work that you put in. I know, you know the work that, that, that I put in occasionally. Um, but every day I wake up and it's you talking to somebody about something and verifying something and then following up with someone else. You know what I mean? Like, I'm telling you, I know it's harder for people to fucking wrap their heads around, but like we do more journalistic endeavors than just about anyone. And yet we still talk about dicks <laughs> and, and the lack of facial hair on Chris Charlton. And yeah, you know, well, we, we could monetize that. All you know, the, that work that you've just mentioned and making it public, but I, I can't, no, I can't deal with it. It's I know. a massive ball, like, and I'd rather just keep that stuff in the Discord where it's going to be shared among people that I trust and it's not going to be leaked out and I'm, it's not going to get twisted. It's not going to get picked up by content aggregators. Like, the amount of scoops I and you have dropped, yeah, in the Discord is obscene, yep, for free, yep. right, for free, but I just do it because I enjoy it. Yeah, and it's fun, and I like the gossip. I like the rumors. I'm not trying to monetize it. I'm not trying to get it to pay the bills. I'm not using it to try and make friends in the industry. That's it. Yeah, can't be dealing with the headache of being public with it. And I like the fact that no one has to pay for it, except the price that they have to pay is be a decent person. Like, really, that's the only rule. <laughs> that we have. And maybe throw some money on Red Circle. If you can. You know what I mean? But I'll never be like, oh, you're an asshole. You've never paid us. So no, goodbye. You know? Like, no. Like, and and to me, I'd rather share it with people who at, at the very least appreciate it and enjoy talking about it and enjoy and I and I don't care if if anyone knows or not anymore. I don't care if Reddit knows. I don't care if Twitter knows. I don't care if we get a retweet from fucking whomever. Like I just, I really don't care anymore. I don't because to me that all all that outside stuff, a it means nothing because you know I'm, I'm listening to uh, Rich and Joe and they're talking about like engagement numbers and they're talking about and I'm just nodding my head. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like why why do that? Why why? Here's the problem. It, it, nine times out of ten, you go into that with, in good faith, right? Hey, you know, maybe I can make a couple bucks doing this. I like doing this. You always say, hey, you, you're never working a day if you do something you love. <laughs> well, okay. So, so you know, you have this fucking idea in your head that, oh, okay, maybe I can, you know, make a couple bucks. And maybe you do get a couple bucks. And you think, okay, well, maybe I can get more. And I don't have to work this fucking crummy job. And I don't have to go into the office anymore. And I don't have to suck my boss's dick. And I don't have to sit there and just eat shit constantly. Maybe I can do something I like. And then you find out, oh, no, <laughs> you can't. Because one, people will obviously take your content for their own purposes. right? So you have to fight that. right? And then you have to just fight just the constant barrage of, well, there's no way you could possibly know that. So I'm going to try to discredit everything about you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's no possible way a promotion in Japan could give you information. Like, there's no possible way that anything that you said is 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 legit. And it's like, and how many times have we proven it? 
Like how many times have we just gone through and done it and we've done our little victory dances and we've done our silly little throw roses at each other and we sit there and we 69 each other and we have a fucking giggle. But then at the end of the day, we're, we're just like, oh, what, what are we doing? Like, we, cause we got, cause like it's gotten to the point where years ago, I'm like, I'm, this is not for me. I'm not fucking doing this. I'm not engaging with these fucking brain dead idiots. Um, and, and that was one of the things when we had our first conversation, I was like, Joel, I got to be very honest with you. I'm not doing anything on social media. And if I do do something on social media, <laughs> you're going to be as Joe and Rich would love to say, tugging on your collar. <laughs> right? You're going to be like, Oh, okay. David. Um, that like, I, but I know, I know, I know that I'm, that I, that is not a welcome space for me. It's just not because, because I just don't, because the problem is, is that I just don't put up with the bullshit. Like, I just don't put up with the fucking nonsense because in real life, if you pulled that shit, I would punch you in the fucking face. Like, I would knock your teeth through your fucking skull. Um, that's real life, right? That's that's life, like saying and and doing and all that. But OK, we're going to we're going to do that's tw- quite for the aggregators, by the way. Yeah, I will punch your teeth through your fucking throat. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, but that's real life. Joel, if you if, if you talk to someone, anyone face-to-face, and said some of the things that you either have gotten or maybe even that you have said online, like, you can expect that there might be some a, a little follow-up, right? More than likely physical, right? It's just, you know, that's but that's where we are. Anyway, why am I talking about that? Um, but, yeah, I do I wanted to mention right out of the gate that I did appreciate the fact that uh, they did say what they said. Uh, because I think it's important that people say that and stick up for that and support that and quite honestly not support the the sites that continually do that. And, you know, if we're talking about post, I'll I'll go out here right here fucking right now and say it. I I had no problem with those guys. They were seemed like really cool, nice guys when I met them. Um but it that that bothered me. The response that you got bothered me. Um, the whole situation absolutely bothered me. And it's like, okay, well, guess what? I, I know all of your paid content is on torrent sites. You know what I mean? I know they're there. Very easily, somebody could download that and just share it with the world, right? And fuck your monetization, right? People could do that. People could be dicks and do that. Am I going to do that? I don't know. If I'm pushed back into a corner? Eh, I don't know. Who knows? But like the idea of that, you know, is pretty pretty shit. And trust me, I'm sure they sit there and they think, well, fuck, why is his own why our Patreon stuff on torrent sites? Well, you get a t- little taste of your own medicine, maybe. You know, I mean, you you can't feel good about that. So why would you do it to anybody else? And then be dicks about it. You know what I mean? Like that's that's I think that thing bothers me the most. Like you're like we're the fucking assholes because we have a problem with the shit that we do that takes time and effort and scheduling and you having to put your fucking kids to sleep and me having to fucking do everything that I have to do during a day and schedule time and and then we do it and then you know let me tell you something. Nobody was knocking down fucking Kevin Kelly's door until we decided, hey, you know what? Maybe every Wrestle Kingdom will do something with them. Right? Now, all of a sudden, it's, let's get every fucking New Japan guy we can to talk on Wrestle Kingdom. Nobody did it before us. 
No one. No one did it. But, so again, I get it. I get it. Let somebody else do the work and we'll just fucking cl- clean up. I get it. I, I, I get it. Why am I complaining? Who cares? <laughs> Fuck. I think we've, we've got our point across. I think I, I'm happy with establishing ourselves as like the kind of rabid dog in the corner that nobody should approach or engage with under any circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that suits me just fine. Just leave us the fucking night. Leave us alone. That you know what? That's really what it comes down to. If you don't like us, great, fantastic. Yeah, we're the villain. We're always going to be the villain. There's nothing I say or do is going to change that. No, just pretend we don't exist. Shrug my shoulders and we move on. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the rant. I'm sorry, Chris Charlton, for making fun of your non-facial hair. I won't do it again. My apologies. Watch. I'll tell you what. If the next time he comes, prove him wrong, Chris. You prove me wrong. wrong. Please. He will eat his words. I'll eat when you're sporting a fine mustache. You know what I mean? I say he comes in with like a fake beard. The next, like (laughs) (laughs) that that would be hilarious. He comes Uh, in a big Santa Claus beard. What? What's different? There's nothing. There's nothing weird here, Walker. Walker Stewart. This could be the storyline of the year. Yeah. I tell you, he just lets it grow and grow and grow. And by Wrestle Kingdom, he looks like, you know, he's like, it's like, you know, the old New Year guy, you know, being, you know, he can wear a sash since 2024 and Walker can have like a big diaper, you know, <laughs> baby New Year. That, that's the gimmick. That's, see, I'm planning to seize right now on January 6th. You have that one for free, lads. Yep. You got that one for free. And so you just generally, just do it. And no one will really know, except the the people, dumb people who listen to our show, uh, will know what's going on. And then, like you know, like like it'll get noticeable, like around G one, like around G one, he's going to have a full fucking beard, right? And people are going to be, wow, Chris really kind of going for the. F-. And now he just gets, keeps it going and going and going. And then Wrestle Kingdom, you know, <laughs> that's the bit. I love it. I tell you what, they can have that for free. Um, just like our content, <laughs> everyone <laughs> for free. <laughs> all right, all right. Enough, enough of us whining and complaining. What do we got? What do we want to talk about today? I would like to speak to someone I've not spoken to for a while, and that is Music Damon. Hey, link with a little teaser of Nick Nemeth's new entrance music. Mm. I'd like you to have a little listen, Damon, and see what you think because. I really like it. I mean, this is Downstate, so this is the sort of go-to band for uh, ex-WWE guys who are testing the waters elsewhere, excuse me, as we belch into the microphone. Yeah, nice. Save me, Damon. Listen to the music. Tell me what you think. All right. Well, I, I, first, I got to be honest with you. I'm, look, I'm looking at the band themselves. I mean, we're talking about, like, this is like poison when they uh, decided to kind of somewhat transition from glam poppy metal to... They want to be a little harder, you know. So, you know, the hair is still teased, but, uh, and there is some makeup, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, they're trying to be a little, a little harder. Um, all right. Uh, let's see here. One here we go. <laughs> I was taking oh. my notes as you're not a fan. I think it suits him quite well. He seems to be doing this sort of wanted man gimmick. This is the kind of butt rock thing suits him, doesn't it? I mean, this is '80s metal right here. I mean, I'm looking at the band. I'm looking at the music. Those are music. Yeah, this is fucking. This is Tesla. 
<laughs> this is uh, kicks. This is LA Guns right here. This is like this is like one of those B B level metal bands that came out. You know, like a copy of a copy. Ah, it stinks. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. <laughs> but um, right, more from music, David. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's just terrible. Um, yeah, it's not. That's not for me. It's it's like. There's nothing worse than like non melodic 80s metal. Like, there's, I think there's pretty great 80s metal, to be honest with you. But then there's other shit that's like just like so watered down. And that's, uh, sorry, that's that. That's uh, not for me. All right. Um, that's what he's coming out to. Huh? Shout out for um, what were all the music? Escape the Box, Smoke. Oh, yeah. This is their new track. Do check it out. I enjoyed that a lot. Heavier, darker than uh, some of their usual stuff. The nice sort of low melodic voice. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm t- I can't analyze music? or review music, but it's good. It's good. Go and listen to Escape the Box Smoke. Yeah. Well done. Well done, Editor Dan and the boys. I like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, one bit of news here before we get into Battle of the Valley. Uh, Rainmaker has been uh, applied for a trademark because this is on uh, Wrestling Observer Figure 4 Online. Mm. A little story here from Ian Carey. Kazuch got a card of files to trademark Rainmaker. So the filing was submitted to the USPTO on January 12th. So this uh, is for entertainment services for <laughs> professional wrestler, blah, 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 mm. in the US. Mm. So that's coming to misreports that he's he might be considering signing with a company other than New Japan. We've not heard <gasps> any more on that. Do you think this is more possible evidence that he may be heading elsewhere is it something we should be worried about um well let's put it this way i don't think he's personally navigating the uh united states copyright and uh trademark <laughs> system i don't think he's sitting there signing documents That's Matt Bloom doing that yeah um, Albert, <laughs> somebody somebody who knows those uh deep waters uh are uh are navigating that for it's him. It's not Matt Bloom. It's not Matt Bloom. I'm joking. <laughs> it's not Matt Bloom. Oh. Wouldn't it be something if it was Matt Bloom doing that? All this paperwork. He's like, man, I'm so bogged down in all this. I gotta, I gotta finish my tattoos. <laughs> my Lord Tensai ink is going all over these legal documents. This is a disaster. <laughs> what disaster this is. Um, hey, I mean, look, I, I think we don't know anything more. You know. Uh, at least I haven't checked my phone in a, in a while, uh, but we haven't not we have not heard of anything new or anything in in that regard. But it's just like little things that you see now, and you know people are picking up on that. You know, I would it's it's I have my eye on it, you know, and I think people should as well. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Now, did it say who filed the trademark? Was it just him, or was it? It wasn't New Japan had nothing to do with it. Am I correct? Uh, Michael E. Dawkins is listed oh. as the attorney of record. Do we know who that is? Can we do we have we lo- ever looked him up and see if we can stalk I this, this guy? All right, uh, maybe the, the internet sleuths uh, can do that. Uh, maybe we can see uh, where he practices and what he practices and all that. So, um, now, I've again, him up, uh, known as the gimmick attorney, Mike is a registered patent attorney serving as intellectual property counsel for elite pro wrestlers. Uh, oh, elite pro wrestlers. 
Is that is that <laughs> elite pro wrestlers? That's lowercase e. Okay, just wanted to make sure no, there was no uh, no pun. Um, so uh, he also represents college coaches, television personalities, and podcasters in the sport and entertainment industry. Maybe oh, we should hire this guy. Great, can't wait to pay for his services with the no money we receive. <laughs> Can we? What will we trademark? I don't know. Um, probably uh, the Christmas, the uh, New Year's gimmick. We'll trademark that. Uh, hey, look, what I would be concerned with, and again, I am not a legal expert by any stretch of the imagination, um, even though I am a highly intelligent human being who could pick it up just like that, read it, but just pick it up like that. Could be practicing law in no time. Uh, the, the fact that New Japan Pro Wrestling is not listed anywhere, at least that I'm aware of, uh, nor... Um, Anything of, of of that nature where New Japan would be involved in that would have me at least raising an eyebrow. Right? I think that's a fair thing. I think it's a fair thing. I don't think I don't think it's a the the complete tell all. I think it's just a, a a little little thing in the pot, if you will. Um and I'll go so far as to say or to ask, and I do not have the answer to this. Are there other New Japan Pro wrestlers that have anything similar to what you described here in this situation? Right. Uh, if 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 not, then again, I another maybe maybe we need to underline that or, or get out a highlighter and 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 kind of keep an eye on that. Uh, I could be all for not. I should point out maybe maybe a bit of a context here good he did when okada was doing his recent appearance for tna he went into the ring and kissed the tna logo in the middle of the mat so Ew. who knows maybe he is going to be okada <laughs> do you re- I, I mean i appreciate the fact that he's kissing fucking logos i don't know why he would do that given the treatment he had before maybe he's uh Master and servant. <laughs> um, man, he likes to be treated like a cock. Ugh. Um, but yeah, that's weird, right? He's not going to TNA, right? I mean, that like seriously, I need somebody to really look me deep into the eyes and be and say, "Yep, he's gonna he's gonna leave New Japan and think that going to TNA is going to." Uh, raise his stock. I mean, but here's the thing too. They got money. They're just, they, they can't wait to spend. It feels like, it feels like, like every big name. And and, and I know it is contract season and, but every big fucking name out there is, you know, know, tied to TNA rumors. They they have money to spend apparently. And I'll, I I mean, I, I don't know if that, what that means for him in terms of New Japan. I mean, New Japan would nickname that just could be a one-off or it could be him doing big shows. They could just be testing the wars. I don't know if he's they've got him penciled in for tournaments, but it seems that TNA is going to be his home base, at least for the near future. See, okay. that's Every time you say his name, I think of Mike Nesmith of the Monkees. <laughs> Every time. Nobody's going to get that except uh, Google it, kids. It's not a bad band, I'm telling you. A very underrated Monkees. Um Hey, I, can you see, honestly, 
give me a give me a percentage in your heart of hearts, Joel. Him signing full time with TNA. <laughs> uh, the, the generous five percent. Okay, very good. I, I good. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't losing my head here. Um, there's no. I I'm going to say it right now. I would be absolutely blown away, shocked out of like nothing would shock me more if he thought going exclusively the TNA was going to be a, a, a great idea. I just, I, I'm sorry. Like, I couldn't even tell you where to find TNA right now. Like, if I wanted to watch it, I have not a clue. Zero. None. Uh, and maybe that'll change, but I don't know. I just, like, now's the time. It, now is not the time. To go explore and hope that they got it right for the fifteenth time, right? There have been there have been so many chances that that promotion and and various forms of that promotion have had to 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 really make their mark, and they fumbled every fucking time. And maybe they get it right this time. Who knows? But I, I if I'm if I'm him, there's no way. May, I, you know, am I going to do a couple dates here and there? Yeah, maybe. Sure, you know, if nobody minds. But to sit there and have that be home base, nah, nah. I, I, yeah. I mean, but I say that I don't know what kind of fucking money they they throw around. Like if they really wanted to make a splat, here's the thing though. Do you think like I don't care where he signs? I, well, let me take that back. Do you like for us? nerds that are into this pro wrestling stuff it would be like shocking because we know the backstory but like like i don't know if if okada brings new faces you know i mean does he bring new eyeballs to a product i think he just moves the same fucking people that are watching pro wrestling anyway they're just going to maybe a continue to watch or b maybe check it out to just see, maybe they they will check it out just to expand their pro wrestling horizons. But like the, those are the people that are going to get a hard on over this. Like, ca- are casuals going to give a fuck anywhere he signs? I don't know. I don't know. But I will say this: at least you know of the two options that are on the table. You know, WrestleMania has no problem fucking selling out two nights at at the link. Um. AEW for all their faults and all you know people finger wagging, you know they're, they're doing okay. They're selling. There's you know when a time when it, let me let me take that back. They're doing okay in certain at certain times. You know, they, like if they have a big show that they want to want to push, you know you can assume that building's going to be if not sold out. Damn near close. Now, a TV taping in fucking Topeka, Kansas. Okay. Yeah. It might struggle. Right? Let's be fair. Yeah. But, you know, a big show in a in a strategically placed building, it'll make some money. It'll make some money. Um, I guess my, my overarching point in all this is, A, we don't know where he's going to go. B, it wouldn't surprise if he goes to AEW, WWE. Originally, when this whole thing was going down, I heard that there was more interest in him going to WWE than AEW. But 
I, trust me, I understand the arguments that people might have and say, hey, you know, the, the relationship with New Japan, he can still work business. All his, you know, most of his friends, he's got a lot of friends in WWE. Let's not let's not fucking goof around here either. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not like you know Kevin Owens and AJ and Shinsuke and you know should I keep going? Ricochet. You know all these fucking people. Yeah, you know, I think they're pretty tight. Um. And look, the money that's being thrown around for these fucking TV contracts and the TV rights deals is, <laughs> I mean, it feels like once once that money clears, it's going to be chaos. Pardon the pun. So, like I said, we, to- we told you, we told you, uh, 2024 is going to be crazy. 2024 is going to be crazy. And... Uh, you were right on, right on pace. All right. Well, let's get into the main topic of the day, which is Battle in the Valley from the San Jose Civic Center. Attendance was 2,147 sellout. Yeah. So very well done. Yep. Very impressed by that. Yep. They, they've done a great job there, loaded up the cards, and done a, a really good number there. Um, production. Daryl says, can NJPW USA please hire a more competent high school AV crew to run their broadcast? <laughs> While we at least didn't have the multicolored smear for several minutes like last year's Battle in the Valley, it continually disappoints, especially for a pay-per-view. Not enough revenue to justify the expense. And Louis says the curse of Fight TV continues. I like the show overall. However, the sound was my issue with the show. Announcer's audio came in too loud. I could hardly hear Wrenchers music, let alone the ring, where the bodies hit the map. New Year, same Fight TV problems. You guys have any issues? So I, I watched the first chunk of it in Japanese commentary, and that sounded good mm-hmm. i can hear the crowds and hear the ring and everything then switch to english and yeah there, there seem to be some issues with that and also just issues with like a lot just just too much talking in general vader scott which great announcer great in a role but yeah you know sometimes you would see kevin kelly during a broadcast he would like put his hand out sure you could see him doing it he put his hand out to get everyone else at the country booth to just be quiet yep. and let a moment breathe that's we, we need more of that because it was just constant blah, 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 blah. and I felt that at points that was detracting from some pretty momentous stuff that was going on in the ring. So um, two two little chunks of feedback there in terms of the audio quality and also the commentary itself. Now that's to be expected, obviously, because there's you know a lot of new people and those relationships need to be built up, but. Um, yeah, that's one thing Kevin Kelly was excellent at, at that, you know, directing traffic and instructing other people when to lay out. Yeah. And and to me that's that's that's, you know, you you hired a person to to be that person, let them be that person. And if you don't trust them to be that person, then why'd you fucking hire them? Um like yeah, somebody's got to be somebody's got to be the quarterback. Somebody's got to, you know, you know, somebody's got to take back seats. Somebody's got to, you know, tap out, and somebody's got to know when when to push harder. And sometimes you do need that traffic cop. Um, and there's nothing you you need it. You definitely need it. And um, I look. I, I, how many times have we complained and bitched and moaned about production? And the quality or lack of, and it's it's just not going to change. 
Like, whoever is in charge of that, whoever, um, whatever for whatever reasons, I've heard every excuse under the sun. Oh, the satellites problem. Oh, it's the building's electricity. Oh, it's this. Uh, it's that. Like, I've heard it all. And for years now. Like, it's, this is not like if this is new. And and what's weird is that there there are, and I'll put in air quotes, indie pro, pro wrestling promotions that I feel like have a better handle and a better grip th- than a lot of these U.S. shows. It's um, like we've gotten even past a point where we're hand-waving and laughing at it. Like we're just like – if they look, if they don't hear and and read the tweets and see what people say about it, um, and they continue to do this, and again, if it's the buildings, then okay, I don't know. Find a new fucking building. Find a new tooth. You don't have to run the same goddamn buildings. Um, if you, especially if you know it's the building that's the issue or, or the infrastructure thereof, uh, just I don't know. I, look, I don't. I don't have the answer because I don't know what they're doing. But all I know is that the end results are still the same. And so, so what do we do? Like to charge a premium for a was, was it Saturday night, right? Saturday night, and to ask people to hey, you know what? Stay home. Stay home. Watch this pro wrestling product. And truth be told, the card was tremendous. Like the card itself, you know, going through that and seeing the lineup, like it, I was, I was praying that it did do as well as it did live, Joel, because if it didn't, I don't know what more could have been done, right? So, uh, like, whoever booked the talent, got the talent, agreed upon, like, and and made those matches, I think deserves credit. Uh, because it was it was sexy as fuck. That was that was on paper great pro wrestling lineup. <sighs> Production wise, man, uh, a, a D. I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it a D. It's just embarrassing to to ask people to pay a premium. And trust me, I asked for a freebie. <laughs> I don't never ask for. I never ask for a fucking freebie. I just knew I wasn't going to be home. I knew I was. I knew it was going to be running around. And I was like, you know what? I maybe does anybody have a fucking code? No, no, I got I got ghosted. <laughs> Man, I couldn't even do that. So they ask, so they wouldn't even do that for me. So they, you know, I give up. What are you gonna do, Joe? It sucked. They're not gonna change it. Yeah, it's one of those things. I've just run out of energy, constantly complaining about uh, it is bad, and they should make it better. Yep. But. Big picture thoughts in terms of the actual show itself. I am really encouraged and, and pleased and excited by what they are doing in the States. It feels like in sort of this um, post-AEW, well, not post-AEW, but you know, since AEW have arrived on the scene, that landscape for New Japan and the US, it feels like they've finally identified their lane and know how to stick in it. Like They're finally getting their shit together in the States. I, I like the way... It's like this sort of parallel continuity to the domestic product. It's not like they're just taking, you know, destruction in Kobe show and transposing all the feuds and all the wrestlers over to the States. Because I don't think that would necessarily work very well. It looks like they're going with a strategy of, I don't know, four or five big 
US big strong shows every year um, with little self-contained storylines and views where each show sets up the next show. So you walk away from that one knowing pretty much what you're going to be seeing at the top end of the next one. And that seems to be working. And it's really, I think, done a good job to solve the problems they were encountering before of having of being sort of hamstrung by big shows in Japan where you'd have to wait and see what happened at you know, Sakura Genesis or whatever before they could announce their big stuff for the States. Mm. And now problem anymore they've already announced a load of stuff for Windy City right we've got a handful of big matches that uh, do not depend upon whatever's going on in Tokyo the week before we've got Mox versus Naito Ali versus Hiromu Perry versus Shota Eddie versus Gabe rematch that's a really good start to the card and that's obviously going to be fleshed out by more stuff as well and I think the ticket sales reflect that they've sold 2,472 already for Windy City Riot that's according to WrestleTix and that is up 841 in the last three days. So there's a tangible uh, benefit there to getting their ducks in a row, announcing that nice and early, and anecdotal evidence of people saying, wow, actually, this, this sounds really good. I've got to get myself over there for Winnie City Riot. So they they have set up that arena for three, three and a half thousand, which seems a bit conservative because I, I thought it was like a, a 10K arena. I mean, obviously, you can take a chunk out of that for, you know, ramps and, uh, screens and, and whatnot. Um, so according to that setup, three and a half thousand, there's just over a thousand seats left. And mm. I dare say they might get close to that. They they may probably will open up more seats than that. But all in all, it seems like really sensible looking. And, and I like what they're doing over there. Yeah. Um, I'll give you my, you know, I'll give you the, the, the thing that bothers me and then I'll, um, and then I'll shower them with praise. How about that? We'll work in reverse how I usually do it. Um, first things first, like for me personally, I don't know if all this is for me. Like, I don't know if this is a lot of names and talent and people and matches. And it, like, it feels like a really stacked independent pro wrestling show. And there is nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But for me, the idea of it being New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, and maybe I just have this archaic thought of what New Japan Pro Wrestling is, and I need to kind of shake that off of me. Um, no, you're, you're right. It, it's not like New Japan Pro Wrestling. This is New Japan Pro Wrestling of America. Correct. It's, it seems to have its own identity now. And yeah, I, I take your point. This is not for, you know, there's some people they're using that aren't, not a fan of and i i almost dare say that i can't i can't think of many matches they've had in the states in recent years that have touched my match of the year levels um so it's not again for my taste delivering at the same level that the domestic product does but in terms of the business metrics it's yeah. it looks to be successful but yeah i apologize for interrupting no but no, yeah, no. I think it's it's got its own flavor hasn't it it does it does and it's kind of like you know you're getting the premium ice cream and now we got the, you know, the, the dollar store version. Um, and while it might might taste the same in, in a lot of ways, there is that little mm, that's not quite hitting the mark. So it's a California roll. I've, I've used great, that analogy before, haven't I? Great. Yes. Once again, yes. Yeah. It. This is the California roll. Um, this is the buttered chicken, right? Um, so, and 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 and. But here's the thing, though, like. Lots of people order California rolls, Joel, and lots of people order butter chicken. 
And just because it's it's not going to please our our you know our vastly superior palate to to get the flavors of saffron and blah, 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 blah. like okay we get it a little 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 much I, I understand um, but but yeah I don't I don't know if, if this is for me and nor do I really feel like they give a fuck if it's for me or not. You're right. From a business perspective, they're probably making the smarter move. They're probably bringing in people that the majority of people want to see. And that's evident by, you know, strong ticket sales. Now, again, we're not talking 70,000 fucking seats. Okay, great. But, you know, you got to crawl before you can walk and you got to walk before you run. Um, And, you know, this is a company that basically had their legs severed, it feels like. Um, it's, it's, they're, they're, they're doing, I think the smart thing and they're probably being fiscally responsible, um, because the majority of that, that world and that talent, um, is U S based. And, you know, if, if we're trying to appeal to a U.S. based audience that trust me, they want to see Mox and they want to see Eddie Kingston. And they want to see uh, Matt Riddle, and they want to see Mustafa Ali, and they want to see all these names. You know, you can't fault New Japan Pro Wrestling for at least trying to bring in names that are available. Like you're not going to sign guys that that you know have an exclusive five year deal or three year deal. You know, it's just, you, you can't do it. You only can only bring in people that are available. And the people that are available are, you know, it's not like they're scraping the bottom of the barrel with the people that are there. They got the guys and young ladies that people want to see. And just because fucking old man Damon, you know, is sitting there with a hard on hoping the days of Nobuhiko Takata and fucking Shinya Hashimoto and Akira Maeda come rolling back. Uh, that don't mean dick. That don't mean dick. Uh they're, they, they, at, at the very least, and again, it might not be for me, but at the very least, they have a plan, it feels like, and I can't fault them for that. Is it is it something that I would go run out and buy a ticket for to see Mustafa Ali? I don't give, I, I don't know Mustafa Ali. I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't think I've, I've seen a match. And if I did, I, I, I don't remember it. I'm going to be honest. I don't know Mustafa Ali. I don't watch any WWE program whatsoever. None. For years. And I'm not saying that to be like, oh, I'm, I'm Mr. Hines. I'm Mr. Real Wrestling Fan and you're below me. No. I just It's just not for me. Like It's just not something I watch. So I couldn't tell you if he's good, great, indifferent. I have no fucking idea. I, I mean, and that might be a good thing. like Because I'll go into this match with absolutely zero preconceived notion. Zero. I don't know the fucking guy. Um, I think it's funny that anybody could just challenge for a title. That's <laughs> fine, you know, whatever. Or not, not a title, but a match per se. Um, and I guess it makes it more more sense because, you know, if he was holding the junior title, it, it would bother me more. But okay, it's it, there's no titles on the line, so anybody can challenge anybody. What the fuck do I care? Uh, yeah, I mean, if tickets are moving, Joel, and money's to be made. Who am I to argue? Like if, like if, like if they were doing this, and you told me, "Yep," and they sold 
27 tickets, <laughs> you know, we'd have a different conversation. But that's not the case. So good on them. Good on them. Yeah, and I don't want to go down the sort of WWE fan rabbit hole of excusing shit creative and shit booking and say, well, you know, the, the business is doing well. Look at the tickets, blah, blah, blah. Whilst I, same as you, you know, I would rather see, I don't know, like Suji versus Shota Umino main event, whatever. Like, this is not to my particular taste, but I don't think it is. I still think it's well booked. You know, it's, they're, they're putting on good matches. I think they're putting the right people at the top of the card. So, again, I'm not excusing something that I think is subpar because I think we still need to critically analyse stuff on a creative level as well as a business level. But I feel that they're doing a really good job to sort of navigate and recalibrate their role in the States following the uh, establishment of AEW and, and post-pandemic and all all this stuff. Uh, you know, After the um, mercedes Monet thing went tits up. So there have been a lot of setbacks and... Yeah, they're doing well to find their niche. So, well done. Um, let's get into the show itself then. I, I I did watch the kickoff matches. We have Matt Vandergriff with the... Um, I can't remember the, the name of the gimmick thing, but basically, as long as he keeps winning, he's going to stay on these matches. But if he loses, then the next guy takes a spot on, on the following match. It's like a sort of winner stays on gimmick. Uh, right. So, he wins again uh, against Goldie. He looked all right, but it just he, he, he looks like the sad teenage son of Chase Owens. And I can't get past that look for me, that kind of sort of hangdog expression. So uh, I, I don't know, jury's out for me on Matt Vandegrift, although the in-ring stuff is absolutely fine. Uh, the other kickoff match was Stephanie Vaquer defeating Viva Van. And Vaquer looks like she is going to be the next challenger for Julia for the uh, strong women's uh, strong women's championship. And I, I really like Stephanie Vaquer. So Stephanie Vaquer versus Julia will be a really good match, I think, if they're putting that on uh, Windy City Riot. I, big, big thumbs up for me. That's something to look forward to. And that's the pre-show. I don't think many people watched that, but I did. I thought it was good. Uh, first match, then, we had show to Umino, Fred Rosser, Jacob Fatu, defeating Tom Lawler, Royce Isaacs, Jarrell Nelson. Eight minutes, 59 seconds for Shota. Pin Royce Isaacs with a Death Rider. So uh, quite a lot going on in this match. So we had Jacob Fatu. I, th- I believe this was his first appearance working in New Japan show. Uh, Scott says Jacob Fatu brought some big energy. The crowd was hot for him. Would you like to see more of him on New Japan proper shows? I would. Love the energy. Uh, I know he's had his troubles in the past, but he certainly delivered uh, an energetic performance that made me think this is a guy who wants to get noticed. And I think there's a lot of upside there, particularly in Japan. He feels like the sort of wrestler that I think the domestic fans would really uh, respond well to. So definitely I think that is a, a tyre worth kicking. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, so much stuff going on in this match. So we had the Fred Roster and Tom Lawler having a handshake at the end of the match again. So this is the second time they've done the sort of slapping each other in the face and shaking hands. And, and I thought previously that that was setting up them teaming up for World Tag League, but that didn't happen in the end. But there's more discontent going on with West Coast Wrecking Crew shouting at Tom Lawler backstage and not happy that he's kind of making friends with Fred Rosser. But then Fred Rosser said to him, if he ever needs a teammate in the future, the offer's there. So it feels like something's brewing there. And again, that's something I watch with interest, although I wouldn't always, I say every time we talk about Tom Lawler, I would love to see him get used more in the company. At least he made it onto the the, the main card this yeah. time. So that in this match. And then we also had uh, Shota Umino 
after the match getting attacked uh, by a stranger in a bushy mask, which turned out to be Jack Perry. Uh, according to Dave Meltzer, some of the security stuff they weren't informed ahead of time. They thought it was a, just a, a random person trying to assault Shota. Yeah, because he looks so, like a random person, but okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that might have something to do with it, but okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, yeah, he revealed himself to be Jack Perry with a big beard now. I think this was his first appearance following the sort of suspension to the uh, all-in stuff with CM Punk. He's was wearing an uh, armband that says the scapegoat. He Aww. tore up an AEW contract. Um, and I guess that would mean his return match would be in Chicago. And I, I think New Japan would really be missing the trick if they didn't lean hard into that and, and play that up. I don't know if you... If you wanted to sort of explicitly reference CM Punk stuff, but I think he should. Why not? I, you know, if you really want to get good heel heat, I think that's what he should be doing. Uh, now, look, uh, Jack Perry is never someone who has particularly impressed me in AEW, um, even though fans of him and fans of the product were, were constantly telling me, you know, he's one of their pillars. He's got a lot of upsides. He's going to be a future star. I never saw it. However, you know, fresh coat of paint, new people to work with. I'm willing to give it a go. At first, I was like, "Really? What? Not not sure about this." But I will. I'll be open-minded. I'll give it a chance. Let's see how he gets on. You know, having a big singles match with Shota in Chicago, if, if that's the direction. And who knows? I mean, I I think it's it's an interesting move. Again, worth a shot. Let's let's see how he gets on. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of stuff here. So, Damon, what what did you think of it? What were we thinking about Jacob Fatu and uh, Jack Perry? Yeah. Tom yeah. Lawler, go. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the 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 Lawler stuff always fascinates me. How he, you know, this is the second show in a row where it's, you know, he's either not on the show and you know in a pre-show and or he's you know first match and he's always the like he always delivers and I don't know what the problem is. Like I don't know what we're waiting for here. And and again, you're right. There are situations and scenarios um, with Fred Rosser and. You know, it seems like they're trying to brew something up and they're taking their time doing it. I don't know. I just see. Look, I, I'm you're right. You are a thousand percent right in the sense that, you know, let's give it a try. Let's let's see how it works. I can't say that I'm that I've ever really cared that much about Jack Perry. Um, I think. You know, I remember him with the dinosaur, Luchasaurus, um, and that seemed fine. Uh, and then there were times where he was, you know, in the middle of some title pictures and stuff. Like, I don't mind him. I just, I don't know. I, I guess, I guess I'm okay with the the idea of let's see if it works because stranger things have happened in pro wrestling where things that I didn't think were worth a shit, you know, became. Per- pretty hot uh, so i'm willing to kind of put that you know put what i feel pro wrestling is which is just my opinion of it and what i enjoy with it and and see if i can kind of squeeze some juice out of it uh got a lot of buzz didn't it got a lot of people talking it did and and i think that's a good thing um but you know we're talking about things that boom I, I look. I, I I'm not going to sit here and say that that that's a bad thing because it's it is a good thing. Like there's there's no doubt about it. And there are people that I, I mean, does he have a such a fan base that 
we'll, we'll see a significant uh, buzz continue. I, I don't, I, I don't know. Um, to me, this whole CM Punk thing is pretty fucking ludicrous that it's still like a thing, and it's something that like we're gonna kind of continue to hitch our wagon to. Like, oh, all right, fine. Um, because truth be told, well, I don't know. I was going to say, like, does anybody know, uh, like, does, do, do people care about that? Um, I, I think just milk it for the heel heat, you know, some sort of cheeky little nudge week references. But right, but how at, many at people get day, that? You know what I mean? Well, he, he's got to transition that into being his own person, right. sort of refining what, what his gimmick is, what his character is now, what his motivations are, uh, not use that as a crutch, but use it as a, a springboard. Yes. Okay. I, I, and I'm in full agreement. I, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Yes. Um, I thought the match was fine. I thought the match was good. And Fatu, I would love to see more of. Obviously, Atamalar, I would love to see a lot more from and give him more opportunities to be nice. And we'll see where we go. Um, it's look. If 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 if, if I'm talking about an opening match. Uh, this is probably one of the most talked about opening matches in a long time. Um, and at the very least, there's your end result. So that, and that's a good thing. So, okay. It doesn't matter what I think. It matters what it, because again, this is what people apparently are okay with and want. And let's, let's see how it plays out because it might turn to gold. Yeah. Uh, and also good to see Shota, Similarly, sort of penciled in having that. Well, I would say it's a, f- a fairly prominent single spot for Winnie City, right? If that is, you know, where we go with this. So, um, yeah, big, big vote of confidence for him being selected as potentially Jack Perry's first big opponent, big feud opponent there. So, uh, yeah, all good stuff. So, uh, move on to second match, which was like the CMLL offer match where we have Mascara Dorada and Volador Jr. defeating Rocky Romero and Soberano Jr. 11 minutes, 11 seconds. So, Volador got the pin over Rocky via Canadian Destroyer, and they're going to be going off and doing some other CMLL stuff. I really like this. This is this is the new Mascara Dorada, Mascara Dorada 2.0. This is not the artist formerly known as Mascara Dorada, who's now going by Metalik. So this is a new guy, young guy, really, really exciting, ton of upside. It seems like CMLL is being built around him at the moment. So I would love to see him get something prominent at Fantastic Mania and... Um, some more New Japan dates for him because I think he's a very, very talented wrestler. And Sobrano Jr., I know we, we mentioned that he apparently signed a one-year deal with New Japan. I don't know what that looks like or how he's going to be featured. I, I've really enjoyed watching him in this sort of new Rudo role, which um, you know we're not seeing a, a huge amount from Sobrano Jr. doing that. Usually he's been a, a technico when he's been doing his New Japan stuff, but he seems to be easing into that really interestingly. And, and I don't know, like I never know how much traction there's going to be with these um, luchadors, you know, how meaningfully they they will get used in New Japan, because they tried to do it with Ryu Lee, Dragon Lee, but obviously that went tits up for whatever went down there. Uh, I thought they used Titan really well last year, you know, getting all the way to the best of the Super Juniors final, uh, and obviously him being given a spot in LIJ, so I don't know if we get something of that level for Soberano Jr. I think he he's worth it. I think he's, he's tremendous, so uh, yeah, that's an interesting one to, to keep an eye on for this year. What, what what do you think might be a realistic expectation for how Soberano is used in New Japan this year? A lot of U.S. dates, and I think that's a good thing. Um, and I think the relationship that, that, the, that they do have um, in Mexico 
yeah, I mean, again, flights are much cheaper going to San Jose than it would be going to Tokyo, no doubt. And I, watching this match and watching other matches that they've had involvement with, and obviously Rocky being in the mix, and then there's that little bit of tele exchange uh, synergy there. It reminds me a lot of like ECW back in the day when they would just kind of randomly. Th- and again, maybe not randomly. Maybe they had more of a working relationship than that than they let on. But like different promotions throughout the world would come in. Like they would bring in like Michinoku Pro, and they would do like a six man, or they would bring in AAA guys from AAA or guys from uh, you know or wherever. Um, and they would be a fee- like it wouldn't be inv- like it has nothing to do with Tommy Dreamer and Raven. You know what I mean? It had nothing to do with. Uh, public enemy and gangsters. It had nothing to do with Rob Van Dam and whomever. You know, it the, like the general storylines were. You know, it played no factor whatsoever. But they were matches that people, you know, kind of re- remember and you know use as like an ECW touch point. Um, and I'm not saying that these matches that New Japan are doing are that currently, but. You know, I get I get what they're trying to do, um, and I wish they would kind of lean into that more, right? Use that as just like, okay, let's just fucking showcase these guys and let them do second match of a show, blow the fucking the doors off the barn, um, go do your shit, and 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 expose people to other forms of pro wrestling, like it, like if if they could do that. Um, and at the same time, continually, you know, you could have little, little tiny mini feuds based off of, of that, you know, um, and just tell their, you know, the story of, of, of within these match constructs for, you know, now in the year, two years, whatever, right? Um, give it their, give it, give it a little showcase as opposed to, um, what I just suggested of just being, you know, just showcasing talent. I mean, they could go either way and I would have no problem with it whatsoever. I just w- wish they would lean into it a little bit more of it, of it being, Hey, here's some shit that's going to be good. And, uh, that you may not fully recognize or uh, appreciate or what have you and let them go. Uh, let them do that and showcase it like that. I think that's a good. I think it's a good thing, right? I, don't, I mean, for, for a second match, the talent that's in that ring, nobody's complaining about that. Uh, lean into it more. I got no problem with it. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing slab packs from arena club.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show and there's a random innocuous round bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun 
And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs. And it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. If I could have a moment of your time, I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors, Ufi Video Lock. Ufi Video Lock is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all three-in-one offering you triple security so you can have everything in one device rather than installing many pieces on your front door but it's not just for security the eufy video lock is also for convenience no more concerns about losing keys and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated cameras Some other great features we love about the eufy video lock is it is easy to install and set up with just a phillips screwdriver no drilling required Keyless entry, no more fumbling for keys when your hands are full. You never have to worry about kids losing keys or passing among renters. You also have 0.3 second, 0.3 second fingerprint recognition and one second unlocking. Again, 0.3 seconds, it's going to recognize your fingerprints and in one second it's going to unlock. And with the AI self-learning chip embedded, the more you use it, the more accurate it will be. Also, no battery anxiety. You have a rechargeable battery in there that could last around four months and you will get a low battery notification before it runs out. Uh, passcode unlocking a remote control with the 2K clear sight. See who's at your door and control from anywhere through the Eufy app. With enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. You can also secure your package delivery by view and two-way audio. And then best of all, no monthly fee. A bunch of other brands out there are going to charge you a monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and you never have to pay for storage. Customer service, Eufy's got you handled as well. They are on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by their professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or live chat. Personally, as a homeowner, 
I love my Eufy video lock. I have the ability to see what's going on when I'm not home, when packages have has arrived, and, and really the thing I love the most about it, the ease of being able to lock and unlock my doors without having to fumble with my keys and reach in my pocket or wait, no, crap, they're in my backpack, all that sort of stuff. All this is happening while my dogs are barking at me. You know what? Not anymore with the Eufy video lock. I touch it. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. One second. Door is unlocked. Much, much easier. So if you want to jump on board with Eufy Video Lock, search Eufy Video Lock. That is E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Again, that's Eufy Video Lock, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Third match was David Finlay defeating TJP in 30 minutes and seven seconds with his uh, new finisher, the overkill. It's a bit like a, a go to sleep. Uh, William says, why can't David Finlay get a dominant win? In the last few months, he's had big singles matches, which were pretty even versus Tangaloa, where he had to cheat, and a junior heavyweight, albeit a well-booked one with a title. Do you think it's stopping him from looking strong? Uh, I thought he looked good here. I mean, yeah. I was expecting this to be sort of like a sort of routine, you know, eight-minute win, but it went... Uh, when it reached the point where I thought, okay, it's done now, it went a good few minutes past that and it went harder than I thought it was going to go. So I, I can't fault the effort here. And and I think Finlay is kind of leaning more into the sort of savage persona that he had when he first went on this heel uh, run than the stuff he was doing towards the back half of 2023, where I thought it sort of lost its way. So what I've seen this calendar year from Finlay has been encouraging. I thought this match was really good. Uh, I I didn't have a problem with with the way the match was laid out. He said about you know oh he's against a junior. Uh, TJP did say backstage that he is not going to be a junior much longer, and he was sort of hinting at becoming United Empire leader, talking about oh while our prince is off doing other things, it's going to be a dark crown. And Osprey made some comments about oh TJP's in charge while I'm away. Uh, that is scary to me because I I really like TJP in his role as a, a junior tag champion. I think he's been outstanding in the junior tag division, really breathed new life into it. It's been a great uh, partner for Acura, and I really value the stuff he does doing better than the super juniors. But him as a heavyweight and a faction leader and doing the spooky stuff is terrifying. I don't want that. I want no part of that. So uh, I, I urge TJP to stay in his lane, uh, and I hope that this is just him saying stuff you know, him being a bit of a, you know, rabble rouser or shooting his shot or whatever. Because we know sometimes in New Japan, guys just say shit. And it doesn't necessarily mean that's where the booking is going. So I hope this is more of that because um, I, I value the work that he does 
as a junior heavyweight. Yeah. I mean, all due respect, I, I can't see any of that coming to. <laughs> I, I just don't. Um, and I could be off base and they, they might have great things. Um, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how they'll, they pull that off. I don't, I don't even know if it's, if it's, if it's even in the cards that they're going to, to pull it off. Um, I, I, I don't see it, but, um, I, I don't, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I just don't see it. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I could be dead wrong, but I, I mean, does anyone on planet earth besides him think that that's the direction we're going? Um, Hey, let's, you know, I don't know how you just determine that you are a heavyweight. Now, <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know. It's just a lot of, you bought a pasta. Right. I was about to say, like a lot of, you know, six meals a day kind of thing. And, uh, you have lifts in your shoes and all that. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, a, a lot of times it's just guys saying shit to say shit. So we'll see. We'll see. Right, uh, fourth match, we had the NJPW Strong Openweight Tag Team Championship with Hikolo and ELP successfully defending against Coughlin and uh, Clark Connors. 12 minutes and 6 seconds after the Super Thumbicus 86. So they retain the Strong Tag Team Championships. Um, so I don't have a huge amount to say about this. I'll tell you what, what might that could be uh, a fun defence. Maybe um, Rossa and Lawler can challenge mm. uh, ELP and Hikolo. That would be good. Or I mean, we do actually have ELP and Hikolo defending the strong titles against some horrendous challenges in the Nugway show, but we'll, we'll preview that later. So let's we'll stick a pin in that for now because uh, I don't. I, I want to stick with the, the positive momentum. <laughs> all so right, far. all right. But yeah, this, the match was all right. I mean, it was yeah. it was fine. Nothing to write home about. Um, I suppose the more notable thing was uh, the. I think it was after this where we got the Mustafa Ali vignette, and you touched on it before. Um, I'm not really a huge fan of the sort of presidential candidate gimmick that he's doing. And this diatribe he went on about Hiromu carrying a, a stuffed animal to the ring. It's like he sort of saw a bit of Hiromu in 2018 and then it was like, okay, yeah, that, that'll do. Because right. <laughs> I don't, Hiromu not exactly been featuring Daryl very heavily over the last couple of years. So I think he needs to sort of update that because that does not seem uh, sufficient ground to be building a few. He's got to work hard on that. However, uh, I think that's a, it's a good get. Again, worth kicking the tyres. I think him versus Hiromu is an exciting match on paper. Um, hope it can deliver. I, I've always been a fan of Ali's in-ring work. And, um, you know, it's, it's got people talking. People are excited about that. So, uh, yeah, good job. I think that's worth exploring. Can we do this? Can I, can I put out a, a, a bat signal? so to speak. Um, somebody recommend to me his best match. I'm going to go into it with a little bit of open uh, open mind, open eyes. Because I, I, I'm being very dead serious. I'm not 100% sure that I've seen a match of his. Um, was he in the Cruiserweight Classic? Yes. Okay, he was. And was he a finalist? No. Okay. Uh, let me get the cruiser. That's a really good question. Cruiserweight classic brackets. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know the final four. I can tell you the final four off my head. That was TJP, uh, Ibushi, Zack Sabre Jr. And was it was a Grand Metalik, wasn't it? So uh, okay. here we go. Uh, 
Excuse me. <laughs> it's gone all tidy. I can't see it anymore. No. Uh, uh, yes, he was. So he faced Lindsay Dorado in the opening round. Okay. And I think he lost that. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm sure he's done other things in his time there. Yeah, somebody shoot me here and Joel a link. Um, I want the best. I don't want some fucking shitbag match. I'll, I'll be willing to watch. Oh, what's that? Is that BBS right there? Oh, the little boy's working up. I did get cage match up just to see what his highest rate of matches. It's a match against Buddy Murphy, a no disqualification Ooh. match. From 2018, there's a three-way 2018 Daniel Bryan from 2019. <laughs> yeah, not seeing a huge amount Holy of shit. highly rated stuff <laughs> recently. Um, 2019. That's f- well, I, I just ranked the cage match, yeah. uh, the match guide by rating. Yeah, um, 2019. We're talking about. We've got a, we've got a, a, a 2024 match at Ooh. number ten. I Eagle Eagle Blanc versus Mustafa Ali. We've got a 2023 match: Jagger Reed, Joe Gacy, and Rip Fowler versus Mustafa Ali, Tyler Bate, and Wesley. Six-man tag match. So, was that NXT? Yeah, I think there's some. Probably. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who the fuck half of those guys. <laughs> I've got to be honest. <laughs> oh, this is the fifth fifth highest rated match: Prince Mustafa Ali versus Zack Sabre Junior. Hmm. From uh, 2016 in AAW. 2016. According to my map, that is 417 years ago. Um, <laughs> I, could, I could be off. But that seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? That's a, that's a long time it ago. It is a long time ago. But I just thought that was a nice little yeah. throwback there. All right. Let's see what he can do. Let's see what he can do. Uh, I got to be honest with you. That doesn't give me high hopes. Like you're telling me the, the, the body of work. That Mustafa Ali has produced. Uh, you know, it's like in WWE. When they, I understand. You know, creative has nothing for you. You don't get to do anything fun. All right, but that's just like, like okay. So what we're look. I look. Um, and and but people are buying tickets. So what the fuck do I know? I'm, I'm just saying. Okay, if I'm if I'm looking at it from a why why am I caring? Like I'm I'm hoping that we're bringing in somebody that can go. And you're telling me that he could go eight years ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll okay. see. All right. We'll see. Uh, fifth match was the NJPW Strong Women's Championship. Julia uh, with her eighth defense. Wow, she's racking them up against yeah. Trish Adora. 13 minutes and two seconds with a Northern Lights bomb. Uh, this is all right. I mean, I thought, I don't want to. Go ahead. Yeah, say, say it. Julia, don't, you're not going to get canceled. Yeah. I have a mental disability. We're fine. All right. <laughs> Uh, Julia led the match using her superior experience and, and ring leadership skills. Let, let's put it that way. I thought Trisha Dawes was all right. I mean, she needs she needs to get more reps, and she'll she'll improve, I'm sure. But uh, uh, more excited by the upcoming challenges, Stephanie Vaker. That should be really good. Uh, right. Then we had the sixth match where we had Matt Riddle making his New Japan debut uh, <laughs> against uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Bad D Tito. So he had a mystery partner, X who. I correctly predicted as Jeff Cobb for the Chosen Bros thing. But extremely funny with the production where they had um, Matt Riddle 
this was before X was announced. So Matt Riddle on the turnbuckle, you know, posing for the crowd. Then the little graphics Chiron pops up underneath with a name label Jeff Cobb. <laughs> so completely, no. completely no. surprised, <laughs> but in a, an extremely funny way. Like that popped me. I, you know, I couldn't get angry about that just because. Let was me so ask funny. you a question: When that came up, did Chris Charlton ask you to take it down? No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> did you get a tweet, a direct message? Uh, uh, but I thought. I thought Riddle looked good here, and I was kind of interested to see how the crowd would respond to him. There was a, a smattering of boos. However, I thought, by and large, the crowd seemed into him, which I think lends credence to my theory that um, it's a small, overblown pocket of noisy internet fans. I'm not saying they're wrong. Like I, I'm amongst those noisy fans who thinks you know maybe this is more trouble than it's worth, but I don't think critics are significant enough for it to uh, affect the business metrics of it. I think as long as he doesn't do something completely stupid, which he probably will do, so I'm not saying he's not going to do that, but if he can keep his nose clean, then he's got every chance of having a a successful run in New Japan. And again, I'm not apologising. I'm not being a Matt Riddle apologist. I think the stuff he did was shit, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm not going to... I preface every single Matt Riddle discussion with with that little caveat. But right. again, you, you draw your own line in the sand with that. Um, interesting discussion about whether he is washed. You know, is he capable of reaching the highs that he was during well before his WWE run? So that remains to be seen. That's a big question mark hanging over that. So we'll wait and see if he gets put in some prominent spots in New Japan against top tier opponents. Can he? show that he is uh, he's still got it. Um, but uh, also some interesting little tidbits with Jeff Cobb. So Jeff Cobb sort of hinting at or offering, inviting Matt Riddle to join United Empire. You know, maybe Matt Riddle could be the, the next leader of United Empire. Who knows? Um, however, standout performer in this match was Bad Dude Tito. Thank you. He is fucking great. And I'm not memeing. This is not a bit. I've been saying it since he appeared in, what, 2022? Yep. He is the truth. He has got everything. He has got the the energy. He's got the passion. He's got the muscles. He's got the look. He's got the promos. He's he's shown that he can get over and has got over with the Japanese fans. Why are we not doing more with this guy? Get him on the fucking plane to Japan. I want to see more Badu Tito in Japan, more Badu Tito in England. This is not just me saying it. Big Dave said it as well. People are starting to wake up. People are starting to get on the train. Bad duty. Oh, we are we are collectively the company is sleeping on him. We got to wake up, smell the coffee. This guy is great. Yep, I'm with you. And here's the thing: I remember when he made his debut, uh, and we were looking him up, and we we're like, "Who who is this? What are we doing here?" And then he uh, we we grew to love him. And you were the, you. There's no one else. Let me be very clear. Once again, Joel, not, not just driving the train, he is the fucking conductor. And once again, dancing, everyone dancing to it, to the tune that fucking Joel writes. And I'm glad people were waking up because, you know, I, I look, you're bad dude Tito. I, I'm going to say this too. And, and bad dude Tito, I'm going to say this, and I mean this with every ounce of fucking Everything I have in my cold black heart. All you need is is a different name. That's it. The name stinks. I'm sorry. No, no, it doesn't. No, no. no. The name strongly disagrees. Got bad dude Tito. No, love it. No, it's terrible. But that's fine. You want to be bad dude Tito? People, if you wind up, 
doing great things. People aren't, you don't give a shit if you're called, whatever. Who cares? Um, change your name. I promise you. Take it, take it from me. I'm, I'm giving you that one for free. That being said, yeah, he's got everything. He's got everything and more. And he might be, dare I say, the most underrated wrestler, not only, not only within the New Japan roster, you could make an argument that he is the most underutilized guy in pro wrestling. How's that? How's that for a How's that between him and Filthy Tom? Yeah, Filthy Tom's on that list. I mean, definitely New Japan, you know, uh, underrated. But, I mean, like, if you're looking for potential upside, like, okay, fine. You want to make an argument and say Tom Lawler is a little, maybe, you know, a little past his prime, possibly. Okay, it's, I mean, it's fair. Like, um, I would, I would, as we uh, used to say, the stonks. Is that it? The stonks? Like, y- you got to be on board with that. Plenty of room on the train. Plenty of room on the train. But no, Joel was going to lead you to the promised land. The Joel train will lead you to the promised land. Uh, And I'm glad to see that he's getting some love out there. Imagine, again, waking up in the morning being like, okay, I I think I did pretty good. I think I did well. I wonder what the general consensus is. And Big Dave's out there finally speaking your name and giving you the props that you deserve. Now, keep in mind that we've been doing it for fucking years, but that's okay. It's all right. It's all right. Um, we'll take a back seat. We'll take a back seat. It's fair. Um, we were first. We were right, and we continue to push hard for him. So let's do it. Get him in the G one. Give him the Honma run. Ooh. He can lose all his matches apart from the last one. Just give him a win on the final night, and the Budokan or Sumo or wherever it is, the crowd will explode with joy. Okay, do let's let, give him give him the fucking Jonah spot. Give him the Jonah spot. Come on. Let's go. Like, we're looking for the, you know, this the stereotypical big guy in Japan fucking causing all kinds of havoc, causing waves. Not like Bullet Club. Not like, okay, we get it, your heels. Like a guy who's just going to go out in there and beat the fuck out of people and throw people around. Yeah, that's what we want. We would love to see that. Let's Let's bring that back and let's use him. As that tool, ah, oh, that would be sweet. All right, enough, enough. I'm giving. I'm going to give ba- bad luck, <laughs> bad luck, bad dude Tito, a big head. All right, uh, seventh match was the AW Continental Crown, where the champion Eddie Kingston and Gabe Kidd went to a 12 minute and six second double count out. So match was pretty good. You know, I, I always enjoy their brawls. I thought the previous match they had was better than this, and I think they have a better match in them. And so curious that they do seem to be going right back to this. I, I guess that's going to be at Windy City, right? So you want my tinfoil hat theory? Tinfoil This, I think, I think this was originally penciled in to be Gabe winning the strong title off of Eddie Kingston until Tony had his hairbrain scheme of doing the Continental Crown. And I think that meant that this match couldn't be the handover for that strong title because obviously Eddie's holding these other two titles. Right. I think they have postponed that by having the double count out here so they can do the rematch at Windy City Riot, by which point Eddie will have dropped the other two titles 
so he could lose the strong title to Gabe Kidd. Now, I've watched none of that turn out to pass, but <laughs> it's the only sense I can make out of the fact that they have done a double count out here and not had a conclusive finish because they have, haven't seemed to have any other issues with uh, getting uh, New Japan wrestlers to lie down for Eddie Kingston up till this point. So I'm just thinking, why now? Why are we doing the double count out and redoing the match, presumably, at Windy City Riot? Right. I think the one thing that I was confused upon is I didn't know that these titles were could be separated. And I thought it was they were all lumped in. No one knows. They're making it up as they go right. along. Right. Well, that's yeah, that's true. Um yeah, but that was the that was the thing where I was like, wait, wait, wait. I thought this was a uh, kind of package deal. I thought that was the whole point of all this. Wasn't that the whole point of all that? Like like we were combining all these titles and but now we're not. I you're right. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it just seems like pro wrestling is the most difficult and hard thing to book. Um, yeah. Uh, who knows? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, why not have have it uh, where Gabe takes the loss unless they wanted to do something and, and run it back? So, yep. I think you're on to something there. I think you're on to something there, Chief. Righty. We go into the... Semi-main event, the eighth match, a no-disqualifications match with John Moxley defeating Shingo Takagi in 26 minutes and 16 seconds. Continuing the streak. Rider. <laughs> the streak, yeah, ne- never loses in New Japan, never loses these death matches. Uh, this was good. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the no DQ matches, to be honest. I feel it's they're sort of very clunky and sort of labour from spot to spot and don't have much connective tissue. Uh, so it's not my favourite kind of match, although they did get into it in the end. So, you know, they had me going in the closing stretch, so that was really good. But um, why yeah, do they not, feel not the need? Taste. Yeah, I'm with. I'm sorry, well, I, I feel like I'm cutting yeah, off. It. It's like they're, they're contractually obliged to have some sort of gimmick, no disqualification right. match on every strong show. They they feel for some reason this is what American fans want. Maybe they're right because everyone seems to have loved this match. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate the match, um, but yeah, it's like it's good. It's a good match. they could definitely just have a great match. You know, like, I don't think they, you know, everything's got to be a fucking street. Like, oh god, if I see it is the most tired thing in all of pro wrestling. I think at this point, no, there is another thing that is that is even more tiring than we're going to run a show. In how many how many Philly street fights are we going to see come Wrestle Kingdom week in Philadelphia? Every fucking promotion. I'll tell you what. Can I give some advice? Stop it with the Philly street fights. Just because ECW was here doesn't mean we everybody's has to have it. We, we don't need it anymore. Just can we just stop it with that? Enough already. Jesus Louise. Christ almighty. Uh, yeah, they could have just had a regular match and it would have been fine. And uh, that being said, still two guys in the ring. They're both great. So what did we expect? Both of them are uh, stars. But yeah, the one thing that did ring true, though, fucking John Moxley, man. If it's a New Japan ring, he ain't fucking locking down. <laughs> for sure. Boy, oh boy. A couple of interesting things in the fallout here. So first of all, I'm just going to throw this one out there. Something to file away at the back of your mind. Yes. Shingo and New Japan Cup. Just hmm. throwing that out there. Okay. I know now I don't know who the champion will be. Thumb Sakura Genesis. Could be Sonata. Could be Naito. Either way, well, assuming it is Naito who's still God champion. Please God almighty. They they don't tend to do the intra 
faction matches. But Shingo winning New Japan Cup. Sumo Hall Show headlined by Shingo versus Naito. That is not a match. They, they haven't done that match since the 2019 G1. Yeah. Just just file that away for later. Okay. Stick a pin in that. I think, it's, I think it's fair. I think everybody always kind of circles New Japan Cup and they're like, okay, this is where Yoda Suji takes off. And you know, <laughs> Yes. Yeah. yeah, there's about 15 people who people are like, yeah, this is... This, this is where it happens. Right. It's like, right. Um, yeah, I'm, Shingo makes some good sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like it. And Nick says Naito versus Moxley. So yeah, Moxley called out Naito after the match. Naito versus Moxley seems to be being shown on graphics as a non-title special single match thing. Am I reading too much into that before New Beginning or is Sanada winning the belt back straight away Oof. and Wrestle Kingdom was just for Naito's moment? Now, I think it's very smart to do that, to announce that as a non, uh, just a special singles match with you know the expectation being that if Naito's still champion, that would be a championship match. Maybe it would be a champion match. I don't know. But there's a lot of plausible and interesting outcomes here. It could be that Naito loses to Sonata or loses to the New Japan Cup winner. There's you know plenty of defences between now and Winnie City Riot, whereby that could just be a non-title match. Could be Naito is still champion and is defending his uh, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship against Mox there. Could be that Mox wins it. Can't rule that out either. Wow. Mox winning the uh, IWGP World Heavyweight title. He'll hold it Don't forever. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it will be Okada's right, you, <laughs> you, you rank those possibilities there. So Ooh. either Naito has lost the title by the time that match comes around and it's just a non-title match. Uh, Naito is still champion and successfully defends against Mox, or Naito is still champion and loses it to Mox. Okay. Well, one, I'm going to throw something out here that was only shared in the deli, as we call it there on our Discord that you can't get access to <laughs> unless you find a way to charm Joel. Uh, and even By sending me a receipt of a donation on Red Circle uh-huh. and proving you're not a twat. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but I was told by a rather reliable source uh, that Sonata worked that match with a torn pectoral muscle and as as it was described, ripped off the bone, um, which is crazy when you think about it, uh, number one, just making his way and powering through that Wrestle Kingdom match. Um, but then New Japan following it up with, yes, you're going to work the next tour. <laughs> and, and you'll have you'll, you'll have a rematch. Uh, and that was the craziest thing that I that, that I questioned. Like, well, they're, they're going back. Why? What's going on? Uh-huh. Is he going to, like, how is he healing from that? Um, but pro wrestlers are going to pro wrestle. Uh, so, there's that. Which leads me to believe that uh, Naito's winning. Um, two, the, you know, not for nothing, Naito's health isn't the best either. Right? Um, and this. Sorry, can I just jump in and say Naito did add a caveat for their match at New Beginning that he said the loser is not allowed to participate in New Japan Cup, which could Ooh. be a nice convenient way to get them both on the shelf so they can yeah. have a little rest. There you go. Okay, nice. 
Uh, yeah, sounds like it, right? Nice little, nice little pro wrestling uh, way out of it, right? Um, so again, Naito is not in the best of health either, right? I think a lot of us already know that, but you know, I've heard various degrees, and I know you have too, Joel, of you know how healthy Naito is. Uh, yes, I like the fact that at the very least, as of right now, they didn't tip their hand and say, "Okay, title match." And when, you know, he still has defenses that still need to occur. I don't think Moxley's winning any uh, heavyweight championship. Once again, I'll say stranger things have happened, but I just can't see that happening. But once again, we have to then say, okay, well, how do we get out of this one? How do we book our way out of this one if John's not going to lie down and we our world champion is not losing his title? Uh, so how do we book our way out of this one? Um don't know yet <laughs> i don't know yet the I, I would say the closest thing to a possibility is naito going into chicago as champion defending his title and you know what <sighs> look john can lie down it's not going to kill him and it's not going to kill aew and it's not like the fucking promotion is going to fold right um but yeah, they kind of. I mean, maybe it's purposely they did this show. Maybe the, I mean, I don't think that they had their sights set on Chicago this show. And here's where you're going to finally lose. But you know, it is a, a nice little thing where okay, here's a guy who hasn't lost in a New Japan ring. Now he's going against the world champion. You know, something's got to break. Something's got to bend. So yeah, as long as. As long as Moxley loses, I got no problem about what they, what they do. I, I can't – give me – again, once again, heart of hearts. There's no way Sonata's winning this fucking belt, right? Uh, no, I mean no, – no. Okay. All right. Then there you have it. There you have it. Naito, Moxley for the title, Chicago. And we'll see how we book our way out of that one. Okay, uh, so then main event, Kazuchika Okada defeating Will Ospreay. 28 minutes, 34 seconds with Rainmaker. Very good match. Yep. Not their best. I think if I'm ranking their series, I think my favorite is actually the Wrestle Kingdom. Was it Wrestle Kingdom 16? I want to say where they had the main event there on the night two. And then the G1 final. G1 final was great. Oh my God, yeah. Really great. This felt like... Greatest hits. And that is a sort of a running theme with these US shows that, you know, when you get your Okada Tanahashi or whatever, it, it feels like a, a greatest hits, hits match rather than them necessarily sort of pushing to have the the next best match in the series. And, uh, but again, I'm not dominant with fame praise. I thought it was really excellent main event, very worthy of the spot. And uh, a remarkably decisive win for Okada. Mm. There was no sort of crazy back and forth final sequence where uh, Okada's like squeaking out the win or being pushed to his limit or Osprey's coming really close to getting it. The, the end of it, he ate those three lariats and which was basically toast. And then Okada just put him out of his misery. You know, we got the risk control stuff, little Rescue Kingdom 10 callbacks and big exclamation point, Okada's the better man. And Osprey never really came close to beating him. So, you know, in their series, we've got Osprey's two wins. And what is it? Two wins and eight eight wins for Okada or something like that, where Osprey's wins 
came when he cheated when there was a greater kind of interference in the G1 and then the 20 minute time limit G1 match that no one really cared about and had a pretty crap attendance and seemed like more of a footnote than any sort of notable stuff when it's come down to the crunch matches in their series it's always been Okada winning and if this is the final match in their series statement win there Okada comprehensively the better wrestler so I mean there's a discussion to be had about whether that is the right thing to do or not uh I mean, I, I, you what, would be the, what, what would be the other way to go? Well, I mean, some people have said like, oh, they should have given at some point Osprey the big win, like let Osprey have He's leaving. to win the G1. Well, yeah, this is what I'm saying. I, I think New Japan have been vindicated in not giving Osprey that big Wrestle Kingdom main event win or G1 win. Because he's leaving. Right. And I don't think giving him one of those wins would have made him stay. I don't think them not giving him that win has uh, hurt his star power in Japan because the Japanese fans seem to adore him. So I think they were right not to give him that spot and they're right to book it like this. Uh, I would not have booked the end of the Osprey run like this, you know, with his final two matches being a 10-man cage match and putting over a young whippersnapper Kazuchika Okada. I would have had it differently. I would have had him putting over a young guy. But uh, I can't argue with the outcome here. Um, yeah. yeah. Dominant win in the feud for Okada. What do, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, we. I mean, look, he's... We, nobody knows what the fuck is happening with Okada at this point, right? So it's, I think it's safe to assume that if he's there, he's not losing. Um, and we wanted Will to fucking put over everybody he could on the way out, to be quite honest. Um, no, why would I don't understand why anybody would put foot. Come on. Um, I'll tell you what. Uh, but the, no more whites in New Japan. No whites in general. <laughs> wow. No white wrestlers should ever oh win my anything Lord. ever again. <laughs> God almighty. That's, come on. Um, listen, we got it. We don't have the best history in the history of the world, but c- can we have a win in New Japan, please? Um, I'm going to give you my uh, least favorite thing in pro wrestling now. You ready for this? I actively hate the hug at the end of a match between two guys who apparently didn't like each other and had something to prove with each other like this thing where would they everybody's got to hug each other and sob on each other's shoulder and <laughs> i'm so sick of it it is oh, uh, oh enough already can uh, stop you know i had a rather large discussion uh, of pro wrestling to someone who is within the confines of the business. Uh, and we were talking about the idea of what we do and how convenient it would be if promotions kind of worked with outlets like us and others Uh for information and to verify information and stuff like that. And some of the feedback I got, got back was kind of like, that's okay. I don't, I don't know what, like the idea of pro wrestling still having to be somewhat of this cloaky mystery behind closed doors and behind the curtain thing that is an element of pro wrestling. Right. And I'm like, Okay, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that in in 2024. Like it's not 1976, um, but okay. And then, like a promotion does some stuff like this, 
You know what I mean? Where these guys, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Will Ospreay turn on Okada to form? Yeah. You know what I mean? He did. I, I don't know if you watched the backstage comments afterwards. There was a really heartfelt, a sort of strangely understated promo from Osprey where he was talking like genuinely from the heart about how grateful he was for Okada, who basically had just looked after this kid when he'd come over to Japan. What was it, 2016, I want to say? And, and you know, made sure he was well looked after. And, you know, if he needed a doctor, an English-speaking doctor, he, he made sure that was all organised for him. And it was always checking in with him and, and making sure that he was all right. And I think that that's what we saw at the end of that match. It was just gratitude for him towards someone who has basically been outside of kayfabe and in, to, to some extent his his big brother and has looked after him during a time in his life when there was you know a lot of upheaval and, and turbulence and and okay uh, done right by him so whether or not that should be what is presented in the zany world of pro wrestling where you know they're trying to sell uh drama for fake fights that yeah that's another conversation to have but i i appreciated it as just a little sort of insight into the relationship that they had as as men okay and i and i appreciate that too i like that that's fine i think there's like what i guess my question is this is what do you want me to do because we we do this show for a select audience right let's be truthful um and we get it i feel like you know like we're not we get it um but so how do you want me to react like like is this what you're you want me to to because i'm in i'm I'm in i i i got no problem with saying okay these two guys have the the highest amount of respect for each other, and and yes, the whole backstory, what you just described, uh, that was described in in that interview. Okay, I get it. I'm I'm, I'm with you. So, but what, but like, how do you want me to balance that between? Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, where is that? I understand that pro wrestling right now is this this blurred thing. The line is, but like, you can't have it. Can you have it both ways? I guess this is my question. Like, can you have it both ways? And look, I'm not saying we we go back into the dark ages. It's impossible to do. The cat's already out of the bag. Like, it's like you're not, we can't go back in time. But in the same breath, don't expect us to kind of turn off our brains. And and I don't, like, pro wrestling so fucking weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, that's, I guess that might be the biggest problem I have. Is like, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to react? What? Wh- when do I turn off my brain and say, "Oh, this guy hates this guy, and he's challenging for the title"? Uh, and between that and okay, these two guys are fucking incredible pro wrestlers, and let me just sit back and enjoy the fucking spectacle. Like, what? Wh- how? What am I supposed to do? And and I think that and and I've seen a, a lot in recent years of this. Whole and again, I'm not comparing this to MJF and Adam Cole, but like this whole idea of we like like we have to tug at people's heartstrings all the time. Like you know what I mean? Like can we just have a match where two guys really kind of don't fucking like each other? And do you not think Osprey had earned that with his New Japan run? This being his last possibly his last singles match in the company. All right, I might just be in a grouch. The guy whose first match was against... There, I, I think there's enough there, even in kayfabe, to justify that with them, you know, Okada having brought him in and then being teammates on Chaos. And then, you know, although Osprey 
betrayed him and set up his own thing and had to, you know, find his own way and become his own man and become a leader. We have to do that in the middle of the ring. Sort of we have we have to have yeah. the hug in the middle of the ring. Like, yeah, I did. I didn't have a problem. With I, it. I thought they earned it. All right, I'm just yelling at clouds at this point. All right, <laughs> you you are you you're entitled to your. Interpretation. I think uh, that's what makes it an interesting podcast. It was if it was always just us uh, circle jerking, then uh, it will be even more <laughs> unlistenable than it already is. Right. <laughs> uh, we, we we value that disagreement. Oh, fair enough. Fair um, enough. There, there was a big post match uh, beatdown, so the War Dogs came out. Um, now I know this was primarily to build the Osaka Cage match, but I did note that the first action with this in uh, th- this run in was David Finlay hitting Okada in the face with a shillelagh. So again, I'm asking you to file that away for later. Okay. Um, I know I'm not saying that we're going to go straight into a Finlay versus Okada program, but not for nothing, as we say. You know, it could, could have easily done something different, Okada just rolling out the ring or whatever. Or, I don't know. I, I, I just, I'm reading significance into that. Um, yeah. Is David That's Finlay what... the guy that puts him out, is what you're trying to tell me? What, Okada? Yeah. For Okada's final match in New Japan, he's going to put over David Finlay. Yeah? No, the other way around. <laughs> I'm saying David Finlay beats Okada in some type of stip match yeah. where he's got to fucking leave. Yeah. That would be great. I love it. Okay. Fingers crossed. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I mean, I don't know what kind of situation it is, but okay, okay, just stick a pin in that. Uh, Scott says, hypothetically, uh, well, okay, this was sent in a while ago. He says, let's say Osprey is out after Wrestle Kingdom, which is, what's your main event rotation? Okada, Naito, Sanada, Suji, Shota. Is it time to graduate Hiromu to heavyweight? Anyone else you would add to the heavy scene? So let's just say who, who's going to be your big four going forward. Well, uh, Naito, I think, uh, again, health always a factor and a consideration with him but uh i think he's there uh look i don't know what's happening with okada but if he's staying he absolutely is in that mix without question i think zach is one of those guys that needs to be take even a a further step up um look i i I don't want to put any of the four musketeers in the mix because we all know it's happening. We just, you know, are impatient and we don't know exactly when. But uh, I would hope that's sooner than later. But of those three guys, they're definitely in the in the um, have, you know currently. Uh, Hiromo's. I, I can't see being a heavyweight. I'm sorry. I just think he's. And I said it last week. You know, nobody complained about Liger being the ace of of, of the junior heavyweights for years. And yep, he had a couple little. Uh, Little tastes of heavyweight action throughout his his career, but he's, he's always a junior. And I'm sorry, that's I, I don't see Hiromo being heavyweight unless they completely disband juniors. Just don't see it happening. Um, and then I mean, I would say Shingo, but like you know, eventually that's that that's going to run out of gas. He's not a, he's not 20 years old either. Um, it's amazing what he's able to do, but I, you know, I say that now, but like, you look at guys like Minoru Suzuki, who, you know, before more recent times, he was a guy that was a little up in age and able to go, uh, let's, let's leave it at those three. Let's leave it at those three for now. I think that's a good mix. 
Multiverse A says, other than the production botch with Jeff Cobb's nameplate under Riddle, thus ruining the surprise, Battle was a pretty great show. Are you in favour of more Perry-like excursions, for lack of a better word, and in the future? Will Damon be going to Windy City Riot? Ah, uh, I have no plan. I have no money. <laughs> There's no, no, nope, no, I, I will not. Uh, unless, unless things really change. And plus I have a, uh, I have a destination wedding to go to in March, late February, March. And, and I, don't, I, I, truth be told, I don't know how I'm doing that. Um, and it's something that I got to go to. Um, and I want to go to, but I, I just don't know how I'm pulling that off. So that being said, unless uh, a miracle occurs, I, I can't see me being in Chicago. Uh, Marky says New Japan are already advertising two big matches for the Chicago show in April when delaying match announcements have hurt them forever in the US. Is this a change with a new leadership of Tanahashi and co? How much of this do you think we can attribute to our new president? Well, like I said a few times, I mean, I, it's my understanding that he's not sitting there with a bunch of Excel spreadsheets balancing you know, the budget. Um, but I do think that he's slowly going to take more of a leadership role. I think where we are now is that he is a voice in the promotion that uh, has has ideas. And I'm sure that he's contributed those ideas in the past. Uh, maybe it's a little bit more front facing, but uh, it's not like, again, it's not like he's a president of the company in the, a, in a way that a lot of people might think of someone coming in. Like he's not a bar, you know, he's not coming in, in that way. I think he's more of front facing, able to contribute ideas, able to contribute stuff. Uh, and again, being groomed for, that position is going to take a little bit more work than him just plopping in a chair and saying, I'm the president now. I'm in a big chair. I'm doing that's my poor. <laughs> Very important. Uh, so we're going to be more than that. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, it is his influence maybe being felt. I'll tell you what. We talked about that direction. We talked about that. It feels a little bit more. Uh, at least there is a plan. That, that might that might have his stamp. That might have his fingerprints all over it. Who knows? Um, I, I I'll be optimistic and say, sure, why not? Let's let's say it is, and and, and if it is, it's a really good start. I wonder if this might be affecting the AEW relationship. Uh, Andrew says, if Danielson goes 0-2 in New Japan in 2024, will that put you in a more positive mood about the AEW partnership? Uh, Booze, this is a really old question, but she said, isn't discussion about Tony Khan hoovering up talent just history repeating? Isn't this the same discussion we had during the heyday of Triple H, NXT, and WWE going after the indies? So I, I, I think it's a good chance to sort of touch on the AEW relationship mm -hmm. because... I am more enthused by what I've seen in recent months. It's looking a lot more balanced, a lot more healthy. I've enjoyed the contributions that the AW talent has made to New Japan. I think things like Gates of Agony in World Tag League was a net plus. Uh, I thought, you know, it's the, the booking seems to be a bit more even-handed. I don't feel like this is AEW guys steamrolling New Japan guys when it comes to wins and losses. And, and I really feel at the moment that that partnership seems more equitable and is lending more value to New Japan in recent months. Again, I don't know if that is um, because of Tanahashi. <laughs> you know, that's just pure speculation on my part. If it is Tanahashi in those meetings with Tony Khan physically intimidating him <laughs> with his large muscular uh, tits, 
Um, that's my theory anyway. But um, yeah, I want to give a, a thumbs up to the uh, the relationship at the moment because I think it's doing some good stuff and, you know, stuff like what seems to be Jack Berry having his excursion in New Japan. Um, yeah, let's, let's see where it goes with that. There's some, there's some unknowns there. It's always like when Arsenal sign a new player, um, and I watch like the YouTube compilation, I think, oh yeah, I, I project like the best possible <laughs> version of future events. And I think, oh yeah, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be the game changer. So I, I'm, I'm optimistic with everything. I think it's just looking like a more of a, a healthy working relationship than it, it has done in the past. And, and with Boozer's point about hoovering up talent, I think Tony Khan is smart enough not to kill that golden goose. Like I don't think it benefits him to you know, for example, start hoovering up guys like Gabe Kids and Alex Coglin and Clark Connors when they're not established names yet in New Japan. If he is interested in those guys, the smart thing to do is to sit back and let New Japan get them over and build them up as stars and then come in and be like, hey, you want to come and uh, work a few dynamites? So, yeah, I, I, again, that's not something I'm terribly concerned about at the moment and I'm, I'm more positive on the relationship. Yeah, look, I, I look. It, I feel like it changes uh, very often in the sense where you kind of feel. When I say you, I mean we. We kind of feel, you know, that it's hot, it's cold, it's it's beneficial, it's not beneficial, um, and I don't. And I think that it'll always be th- that fluidity to it. There's going to be things that we like. There's going to be things that we don't like. There's going to be times where it feels more. New Japan advantageous or at least a leveling of a playing field. And there's going to be times where we're like, we're getting fucked in the ass. Right. Um, I, it's, I look, you know, I often, not often, but every once in a while, I'll think about, well, what would it be like to be Tony Khan and have that much income to be able to say, okay, I love pro wrestling. I'm a huge fan of pro wrestling. And, you know, I don't want to compare it to this, but it's like he's playing a football manager. In, and he sees the blue chippers and he sees the available free agents. And, yep, he's going to sign them to my team because it, it just it's only going to make my team stronger. And uh, why wouldn't I sign the best pro wrestler in the world right now? Right? I'm a, I, I know what he can do. He's fantastic. Uh, and, and that, you know, is like his job is, is to produce great pro wrestling shows and, and whatever that might mean, that greatness could be what we saw with MJF and Adam Cole, that greatness could be what it was at the start of AEW, that greatness could be CM Punk debuting, that greatness could be what you know wrestle dream that could be anything that could be all of the above right it's his money and also like maybe maybe at this point uh new japan offering a creative outlet to higher end aw guys who are perhaps feeling a bit frustrated with how things are going for them uh in the states no doubt and 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 as much as we kind of like not questioned it, but we, you know, we had our concerns with Daniel Bryan coming in with, you know, and then with his injuries and that, like, he's given opportunities to guys to kind of live out those pro wrestling tape trading, newsletter reading, 
you know, grind it out on the indies guys. You know, like as much as we kind of goof on it a little bit, Eddie Kingston is as much of a fan of pro wrestling as, as we are. And if not more, like he was there in the middle of it, trading tapes, doing his fucking, you know, (laughs) Jeff Lynch compilation tapes. And you know what I mean? Like, like he was in the mix and, and a, a massive fan. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, look, if, 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 if 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 I'm if I'm in that mix, if I'm if by some reason I got more involved in the wacky wild world of pro wrestling, you don't think I would be exactly like what the fuck they're doing? I would want to live out every fantasy that I ever had when it came to pro wrestling. Right? Somebody call Beulah McGillicuddy. <laughs> I need to live out every fantasy <laughs> I've ever had. Uh you know what I mean? It's it's that. Why not? And if and, and and at the end of the day, guess what? It's Tony Khan's money, and if he wants to spend it hoovering up talent, who am I to say? Don't don't do that. Save the integrity of of what I like. He's helped getting the whites out of New Japan. He's helping. <laughs> what is it with the so whites? Stop. Where am I? Let him cook. I love the white. I am a white. Come on. I'm Jay White. <laughs> Everyone, I don't like it all. All right. All right. Um, we should get over this. Let's preview yeah, the show yeah. in Nagoya. So this is coming up on Saturday, January 20th, in the Aichi Prefecture Gymnasium. Uh, we have kickoff match Shoma Kato against Katsuya Murashima. First match, Honma and Shota against Yujiro and Ren Narita. Second match, Callum Newman, Francesco Akira, TJP, Hanare, Jeff Cobb against Driller Maloney. Clark Connors, Gay Kid, Alex Coglin, David Finlay. Third match, we've got Watto and Despi. Oh, good. They're teaming up again. Happy mm-hmm. about that. Against Sho and Kanemaru. That should be good. I like that one. Um, fourth match, we've got Togi Makabe, Ishii, Tanahashi, and Okada against Fujita, Shane Hayes, Mikey Nichols, Zack Sabre Jr. Fifth match, Bushi, Hiromu, Suji, Shingo, Naito against Taka, Doki, Yuya, Taichi, and Sanada. So a lot of multi-man matches yeah. uh, on the uh, front half of this. Then we get into the back half. We've got a sixth match, the KOPW 2024 provisional match. It's a 10-minute Ishimori ring fit match where in between um, t- every few minutes they have to do like little CrossFit training or something. I don't know. I've not okay, looked exactly terrific. what it is. But, uh, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I'm probably Ishimori to retain that. I don't know. It's, it could, could be quite funny and silly, but it's not... Um, giving me much hope for the Great Okan is going on a run 2024 campaign. Uh, prediction there for you? Oh, well, why is it not working? Don't care. I've yes. tried, I tried to do... Okay, terrific. 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 <laughs> okay, going. terrific. Okay, terrific. Hey, look, well, it, it beats. Uh, I can't propose a, a ball rope match. You know, one of those shit matches where they have to touch all four corners. So at least it wasn't that. Yeah. Um, who do you think is winning KPW provisional? <sighs> blah, 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 blah. Yep. Uh, Taiji Ishimori will be will win, be winning this. 
Why not? Yeah. Uh, seventh match is okay. So this is they're only defending the strong openweight tag team championships here. So okay. this is ELP and Hikuleo defending against the challenger team Chase Owens and Kenta Stinky. <laughs> yeah, wowzers. So this is the first of two championship matches between these guys. I can't. Re- I don't know what the second show is. That I guess the Osaka show, or the Sapporo show, where uh, God will be defending the IWGP Tag Championships. But here they're just defending the strong overweight Tag Championships. Which you know maybe Kent uh, Kent and Chase Owens win, and they might defend that in Chicago against uh, Tom Lawler and Fred Rosser. So maybe Tom Lawler and Fred Rosser can win it off of the, the dastardly Bullet Club team. But um, yeah, I have no interest and no use for the Chase Owens and Kenta tag team in the year of our law 2024. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. You know what I didn't know? I didn't know Kenta. Does Kenta live in Seattle now? I think so. Uh, I think he's in Florida, isn't he? That's what I thought. Was he... Wasn't he tweeting or Instagramming stuff about how he was uh, shocked that you had to have a COVID vaccine to get a green card? And you know, really? if you live in Florida long enough, that's <laughs> what happens to you, isn't it? Well, Florida is kind of its own world, so I don't, I can't, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the laws in uh, the uh, very conservative state of Florida. Who knows? Um. Kevin says you prefer a double, triple champion defending title separately, such as what G.O.D. are doing with their two Owens and Kenta matches, or together, a kid to Kingston defending his three titles at the same time against Gabe. Neither. There's too many titles. Get rid of at least half of them. Um, I don't like either of those, to be honest. Um, But yeah, no, it's silly when you're, right, I'm going to defend this title against you on this date, and then this title on this other date. It's it's preposterous. I mean, honestly, that's what you're doing there. You're telling me that once again, none of these titles mean anything. Uh, the whole purpose of the idea of com- – like, what was the purpose of combining? Like, whatever. <sighs> I'm going to just – whatever. Let's enjoy pro wrestling. Yeah, yeah, don't analyze yeah. it. Just roll up the newspaper and hit New Japan on the nose <laughs> and say, no, right. bad New Japan. Yep. Um, right, and the main event is our never openweight championship match, Tamatonga defending against Evil. Now, we cannot discuss this without referring to uh, this, this – terrible incident that went down between the hours of 8.30pm on January 10th, 2024 and 12 noon on January 11th. JST, Tamatonga's profile was erroneously erased from the New Japan profile <gasps> page and Evil was incorrectly listed as the never openweight champion. NJPW has come to learn that these alterations were made by staff members under extreme duress of the command of Evil. After reviewing video evidence, these alterations have been amended. We apologise to fans and particularly to Tamatonga for the confusion and distress caused. <laughs> uh, this was extremely funny when this popped up and the first person to acknowledge this happening on the website. Thank I don't you. know if you were following this, but the T- Tamatonga was suddenly removed and Evil was uh, put as the never open weight champion. First person, you know who the first person was to acknowledge it? Can I guess? You. Uh, you can. Uh, no. It was Evil. <laughs> Oh. Which might have been a little hat tip that perhaps this might have been, uh, maybe, possibly, just uh, throwing it out there, uh, a storyline thing. Ooh. Whereas we had an uh, actual journalist saying, oh, the Tamatonga's contract has been terminated. I'm going to investigate and find out if there is uh, any truth behind this and what's going on. Um, but yeah, that that was probably the, the giveaway, what was going on here. Um, I had some fun with it. I, you know... Uh, 
thought that it was a, a house of torture hacking bit and a very funny one i thought it was really funny i don't know if you see this security footage of evil walking into the little pokey office and <laughs> intimidating the the guy into or girl i don't know i thought it was a young lady yeah young lady uh maybe it was a young lady yeah, yeah. Uh, and Chris Charlton just <laughs> sitting there doing nothing. Come on, Chris, you're protecting you, you, your colleagues. Once again, Step Chris, uh, if you had a moustache, yeah, you could have stood up to evil. <laughs> he would have been intimidated by the manly facial hair and would have backed down. But uh, I thought that was very, very funny. And you, you know, you might not like evil, you might not like House of Torture, but you cannot fault their commitment to the bit. Yeah, no doubt. I, I, I a thousand percent agree. The idea of the uh, physical intimidation of uh, New Japan staff. Uh, and I did. I swear to God, I'm watching it. I'm like, come on, Chris, do something. I mean, take a bump. Come on, buddy. <laughs> you can do it. Uh, nothing. He just sat there like a like a, like a a wimp. That's right. That's right. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. How do you, how do you look at yourself in the mirror? I mean, look, you're going to go down. There's no doubt. And it's going to hurt. No doubt. You gotta, you gotta come up. Gotta show some backbone, some spine, please. Just sat there, just sat there. <sighs> that was sad. That was sad to say. He was, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Demasculated, emasculated. Is that the word I'm looking for? It was made to look a fool. That's what it was. Uh, but I, yeah, uh, all kidding aside, I thought that was a good little bit. I, th- I you know what? If, if there was a fuck up, if there was a a thing, if there was a whatever, whatever. You know, they made the most of it, and I loved it. And I and the idea of them, uh, <laughs> kind of leaning into it a bit. I'm, I'm, I'm I dug it. I, I definitely thought it was a good job. Whoever, whoever said, "Let's do this a little bit," I tip my cap to. If that was you, Chris, uh, excellent job. Well done. Uh, so this could potentially be Tamatonga's last match in New Japan. So mm-hmm. I'm expecting Evil to win and. Whenever we have Eva winning a match, that's probably going to be a bit of shenanigans going on. So I can't say I have particularly high hopes in terms of the match quality. But I, if I'm remembering correctly, they did have quite a hot match and, and a good closing stretch last year. So that, or maybe it was the year before, I can't remember. So there is a potential for this to be good. Uh, so one, do you think this is Tamatonga's last singles match uh you know he may get a send-off match later on in the tour so this might not necessarily be the last new japan match but do you think this is the way out uh for tamatonga do you think evil wins and what are your expectations in terms of match quality well if it is uh i would hope that this would be a nice fun goofy shenanigan filled 10 15 minute sprint and Let's lean. If we're going to lean into it, I know this might shock some people, but if we're going to lean into it, let's lean into it. Let it be just house of torture, fucking up the whole entire thing. And 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 yes, if if he does, if this is it, let let's. He's going to look at the lights. But I have no problem leaning hard into the fact that house of torture are a bunch of fucking dicks and pricks and 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 cheaters and all of the above. Right? Let's lean into it. Uh, because once again, it, when the time comes, like some of the best moments, and I think everyone can agree and, and 
it was made good because of the company kind of leaning into the idea that nobody likes these guys and these guys are ruining everything and blah, 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 is when House of Torture would get their asses kicked and they would look like the Keystone Cops and they would look like a fucking a bunch of boobs. And, you know, we were getting one up on them, right? Always, always a f- fun time. Well, you kind of sometimes you got to reset that. You got to reset that. Um, and if a guy's walking out the door, then let's let's if, and let's lean into that again, so that when the time comes for them to get their their asses kicked again, then it'll be a little bit sweeter. Right? So, uh, truth be told, I it could very well be his last. I don't think anybody's gonna you know anybody's gonna lose much sleep over that. Uh, and 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 I say that in the sense of, I think it's good for both. It's good for the company. It's good for him. And if he can be home closer to his family, if 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 that means WWE, if that means AEW, if that means NXT, if that means TNA, if that means fucking working on a casino floor, I I don't know. Uh, but I, uh, again. Those are the scenarios that I, I would like to see if, in fact, this is it for him. The house always wins. Ooh. All right, that'll do it for today. Uh, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast to give us money at Cobra Kawaii and progressantees.com forward slash super j cast t shirts. Thanks, editor Dan. T's on Twitter at lousyhero219. We're on Twitter at the super j cast. Thanks everyone for listening and goodbye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park there my name's neil david and i'm the host of euro graps express the podcast exclusively dedicated to the wrestling of europe if it's wrestling and it happens in europe and it's good we talk about it whether it's rev pro progress wxw passion pro pro wrestling chaos pro wrestling north we don't care we talk about them all if it's good and it's exciting i want to share it with you we're on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Check us out on the feed. Check us out on Twitter at EuroGrapsEXP. And join us for chat about European wrestling and a little bit of chat about cheese. Hopefully see you there.